I think I'm getting dumber. Why? I don't know. I, I think feel I, I think you're getting dumber. Every day. Like, getting a little older, Why? a little more stupid. What'd you do? I don't know. I was at work the other day, and I was working on something, and I was just like, I feel dumb. I just feel dumb. Maybe that's just working in spreadsheets, though. Any of my bro, any of my homies... Uh, uh, working on uh, spreadsheets listening to this. Tell me if you feel dumber when working on spreadsheets. Why would spreadsheets make you feel stupid? Well, so I had to do the spreadsheet and then immediately afterwards I had to do some writing. And I started working on the writing and I just couldn't I couldn't sentence. <laughs> couldn't grammar. <laughs> hey, what file type? Or spreadsheets. Are they .xls? Yes. Because I had, I was presented one the first time I got a, a voucher this week for a project I just wrapped up. Uh -huh. They sent me an XLS, and I'm like, what is this? It took me 20 minutes to figure out it is a spreadsheet. Phil, it's called Google what? .xls file Yeah, like, I was confused. Like, Mac wanted to, my, my, my uh, Apple machine wanted to try to open as a Google, as, as a Microsoft Word document. And I don't have that. And so well, I just got... open it in Google Docs. But then I got a or fake... me, Google Drive. Oh, you can do that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't Google think Drive about that. speaks all the file formats. I didn't realize you can import file uh, external files into Google yeah. Drive. Just oh, upload it shit. and then you can open it. Hey everybody, oh, that... this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. That would have saved me literally like two hours worth of work on Wednesday. <laughs> Bill, just put it in Google Drive. Hey everybody, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm yeah, Annie. Up? I'm Bill. This is the podcast. What the hell's today's date? On the seventeenth, no oh, too dumb to know the past. It's of November seventeenth. It's the day before the Wii U comes out. It is the eleventh anniversary of the release of not Amazon Prime, Xbox Live. No, it's the tenth anniversary of Xbox Live. Metroid Prime. Oh, Metroid Prime. I get confused. They're both good. See, you're also going dumb. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, my Wii still has not shipped from Walmart. We're I'm very pissed. sad. I'm about so it. angry. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you guys, if you, if anyone listening at home has a has a Wii, a great way to send off the Wii, especially if you're gonna get a Wii U tomorrow, why not play Metroid Prime tonight? That'll be the last thing you ever play with your Wii before you fucking kick it into the desert. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Wii! I can't believe I like that you don't donate it to like an orphanage or an old folks. There's home. so many you Wii's out fire. there. You don't have to like. Why would I pay it forward? Why would I give kindness? The, world, the, world the internet only gave me this week for free. It is literally trash to me. You know what? All the old folks, like, you know, all, like, there's all this stuff about how the original Wii found its way into so many old folks' homes because that was really easy to play and people would be playing uh, Wii tennis. All those people have died. <laughs> So there are so many old folks' you homes where the, 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 where, where the population has forgotten they had a Wii because the people who were so excited about that in 2006 are all dead, and all the new people have been brought into the hospice or whatever are like, oh, we don't have anything to play. Where they put, I don't know. Welcome to the Boy Hattie Podcast where we discuss <laughs> the degradation of the mind and body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that I'm worried about whether or not how soon I get my Wii, considering it's a system that uh, over the its entire lifespan I will probably play less than 50 hours. Yep. And uh, the two new games that come out with it are, like, new Super Mario... Was it Nintendo Land? Mm -hmm. Which is a mini-game collection. And a Super Mario Brothers game, of which there's already been 15 versions of that already. <laughs> Again, which I will play for 10 hours, but yeah, anyway. So, Good how time. you doing? Speaking of the degradation of the body, no more Hostess. The big nerd news this week was that Hostess went out of business. And, what uh, do you mean, no more Hostess? No more Hostess! Oh, Bill! What you got, Bill? I oh. tried to get Twinkies! I, I, Bill Matt, just pulled out from under the table an assorted box of Hostess donuts. Our friends Shit. Matt and Erica were just I, here. It never occurred to me there's no more donuts. That's what I'm saying. Mm. There's no more Dolly Madison. No more zingers. 
No more snowballs. I was like Twinkies, whatever. Hostess yeah, cupcakes, that's what single tier. But no more like tiny powdered donuts. No more road trips with this shit. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so early this morning, I went to Freddy's. Well, I wanted to get Thanksgiving Day stuff because is Thanksgiving this week? Yes, it better be Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, my sense of time has been stretched like i said i'm dumb i don't know <laughs> it's, <I'm, laughs> my period just came in my brain period bill says bill are you trying to say the periods make you dumb bill no but like if your period if your brain spoots out like part of itself and then you're suddenly go that's true my vagina does become dumber every time i have a period <laughs> no anyway please go ahead you went to oh no yeah i went to i went to local uh, uh grocery store fred meyers at eight o'clock in the morning today uh mostly i was paranoid they would run out of turkeys <laughs> i have it's no idea why before thanksgiving bill you're fine i don't know i woke up this morning kind of like really worried uh, about whether or not uh, actually i do have to fix something on the computer okay so it doesn't lock up anyway but i can worry about that in a bit um but yeah no I'll i was to start right to get to because we already no <laughs> we're gonna keep on trucking well so I'll, I'll fix that when we go for the break uh so yeah no but i went to i was like oh my god i gotta get turkey I can't because I'm I'm gonna have turkey I'm gonna have that Thanksgiving by myself this week this mm-hmm. year because I'm sad. I'm a goddamn Tom Todd Sullins movie. Um, but what I really want to do and I'm not that worried about Thanksgiving dinner or anything proper. I'm fixated on making some turkey noodle soup, leftover mm-hmm. turkey noodle yeah, soup. That's, that's my part. family's big thing. That's the best part. That's the best part of Thanksgiving. And so I, I like like I I was like oh my god I got so I'm really just gonna bake a turkey, mm-hmm. have like half like like maybe half a breast and maybe a little bit of a uh, drumstick, and then just put it all in the fridge for the next day and just boil it all all up and make stew. So I was and really I worried about getting. Breast man, Bill. That was my really bad joke. I'm getting dumber by the minute. I, you know what? Breast cancer is a turn on. Oh. <laughs> you brought it there. Half a breast man. Well, then there's the. Have you ever heard the thing about how, like, if it's too much, you you risk a t- uh, tongue sprain? No, I've never heard that. Oh, you never Bill? heard about that? Yeah. So that's no, Bill. Who would say that to me? Guys who like small tits. Well, you you got big tits, guy. guy you never had a guy Why in the bus go say that to me out loud. They <laughs> just, and Bill. They just yell at you. They just call you tongue sprain. <laughs> so if you ever had anyone call you tongue sprain, at least you know that's why it happened. Well, you know this answers all those questions all through my whole life. <laughs> See, I'm getting stupider on the podcast. No, so anyway, I was like at the store and I was like. Oh shit! I gotta check that hostess aisle just to see what that looks like. I went there, and of course, everything right next to the on no, either side of the hostess display, yeah, totally fully stocked, yeah, yeah. And the, the where the hostess stuff used to be, fucking ghost town, yep. except for inexplicably this one last box of hostess uh, donuts, the assorted, you know, it's 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 the chocolate and plain and uh, powdered sugar. Yeah. And I was like, I had to look at this for a minute. It's like, is this open or did someone spit in it? Why didn't, why is this the only thing left? Like on the center middle shelf. Yeah. Like it looked like this had scared off all the other hostess products. And I was like, I guess I will Don't buy it. understand how stocking works. Oh, Joshin already had a chocolate, so we know they're at least not totally poisoned. But yeah, <laughs> these... That's your conclusion. Not that it could possibly be just Something's the last Something's gotta be box. wrong with these. I haven't had one yet either. Yeah. But yeah, these, these are gonna be the last Hostess branded do- wow. donuts you ever have in your life. Yeah, so any of our um, non-American listeners... Oh yeah, this is the thing, yeah. So this must Hostess be driving people. makes yeah. junk food, essentially. They make Twinkies, they make these donuts, they make, they're known for like their little chocolate cupcakes... Um, they're relevant to nerd culture in that um, back in the olden days of comics, you would really commonly have like host like little ads usually for Hostess fruit pies. It would be yeah. like a one page comic. Um, it's always really cute. 
But uh, yeah, no, no more hostess. Which what's bullshit is that they had declared bankruptcy four years ago. They've been having this company's been falling apart. I think it's declared long time. bankruptcy really like two or three times. I, yeah, I want to say yeah. this is this is it though. They're fine. They're laying everybody off. When you the can't... bullshit. Here's the thing: the president says, "Oh, it's because of strikers." Because they are having a baker strike right now, and well, now I'm those sure strikers are out of job. It is not, but to to actually slay all the blame on the strike. Guess what? If you declare bankruptcy two or three or four times, it ain't because of a strike. You go out of business selling ho hos and Twinkies That's and shit. You fucked up. If you can't sell junk food to Americans, you make two point five billion dollars a in year. In two thousand twelve, it's not like we're getting on. any healthier. Exactly. It's not like it's getting harder to trick people into eating <laughs> Twinkies. I did. I did go to my uh, the convenience store by my workplace, and I got a uh, Hostess cupcake. The last ho- ho- Hostess little twin cupcake. pack. Yeah. Oh man. Shared it with my wife. A lot of people are more upset about the cupcakes than they are about the yeah. Twinkies. I mean, Twinkies are great, but Twinkies are definitely a subtitled food. Well, Twinkies also kind of went downhill. Like maybe ten years ago, they replaced the filling. Like kind of the filling. I think they stopped using lard because it was <laughs> lard, and people were like, as unhealthy as Twinkies are, you can make it a little bit less unhealthy. Yeah. And so I think they just started using like I don't know, like maybe vegetable oil or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't as creamy and got, like, a lot grittier and nastier. Yeah. I like we're both just waiting for GarageBand to crash, just like a ticking time <laughs> no, bomb. No, I'm, I'm distracted. So, Bill, usually when we record, Bill sounds like he's at the bottom of the well. So, I suggested we switch microphones. Am I sound bad? See. Well, no, I'm just I'm just looking at him like, what are those? Do I sound like I talk like I'm talking about? This is the worst podcast in the world. This is the best. Friends, yeah, I had Thank my last Thank you guys for staying with us for 56 episodes. <laughs> my, my last hostess cupcake was a sad moment, mm. man. I never, it's weird. I can't believe they were. I can't believe that display was out. Like I thought, I had like maybe the weekend. No, the score. Well, when you think about it, with baked goods, they're replenishing that stuff all the time. Well, supposedly, also uh, Twinkie, the the hostess co- uh, company, had stopped uh, sending out because there was a baker strike. They didn't yeah. have anything to send out. Yeah, so supposedly, that's true also. Uh, there was not that much product already out there. Yeah, whatever was kind of on the shelves was all and pretty I think much they all the stores did, had. Like call in some like trucks and stuff. I think there's some product something like that. Yeah, out. exactly. But no more Wonder Bread, Bill. I never had Wonder Bread that much in my life, but oh, that's yeah. a stereotype. I'm like, Wonder yeah. Bread, Wonder Bread, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, who's this? I mean, is of gone? course, someone else is going to come in and buy all the brands and make them, and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's really, weird. The only thing I really even care that much with, like, I thought Twinkies and Cupcakes were fine. Zingers, uh, I'm kind of torn up because uh, Dolly Madison, which is a brand that the Peanuts always had commercials for as a kid, mm-hmm. like, nostalgically wise, I'm kind of like, oh, no more Do- Do- Dolly Madison Zingers, at least not branded as. Yeah. such like all these things are coming back yeah there's just another like half the like half the snack foods if you like a snack food on this planet chances are that it was probably produced by a company that is now defunct that was bought by another company yeah i had to sell its assets and is now made like you know it's probably changed hands a couple dozen times our children are just going to they're going to grow up with twinkies just not hostess twinkies a <laughs> uh, boo 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 when they when they they're not going to understand the old comic book ads of like hostess fruit pies like, what right. the hell's a hostess fruit pie i know nbc universal fruit pies i kn- that's a joke I don't get your joke. NBC Universal's gonna buy Hostess. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm well, gonna tell her for the minute. Floorshine no. Wig Company. <laughs> presents. That's it. Weinhart. Weinhart. That's Wig what it Company. is, yeah. That's it. God, have you been watching 30 Rock? Have you been keeping up with that? No. I, I'm two seasons People now. hate Kirsten Shaw's now a character. Yeah. And and her character's just loathed by everybody yeah. it, from the audience. Oh, yeah. In, in, in Universal stuff, but it's hilarious. How I do think you she's feel funny. about her? You like her? I think she's attractive. And she's funny. You really? I I think she's me and Mike Russell had a bonding moment over this one. So he was on an elevator with her a couple months ago, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Oh my god, I'm on an elevator with Kirsten Shaw." And I was like, "Oh, that's cute." And she's like, "Oh yeah, she's actually really cute in public." And I was like, "Yeah, she's pretty cute actually. She's 
Man, and but then like there's this part where she like in this episode where she like you see her legs and I'm like, oh my god, Chris Nicole, she got nice legs. <laughs> and like I was like, she's like a sex doll that sounds like a broken squeak toy. <laughs> and she's got a weird face. Kirsten Shaw, if you're listening, <laughs> friend of the podcast, Kirsten Shaw has a weird face. Is Former all I'm friend of the podcast. But no, she seems like she has a funny sense of humor. I follow her on Twitter, masturbate whenever she tweets. <laughs> I'm just saying, Anne Hathaway and Kirsten Shaw are about as equally attractive. Is that so wrong? It's like being a Tom Hardy. If that's wrong, Bill, I don't want to be right. It's like, it's, it's like finding out someone can jerk off both the Tom Hardy and Randy Quaid. <laughs> Wait, which one's Randy Quaid? Randy Quaid is Dennis Quaid's retarded brother from the National Lampoon movies. <laughs> He's like, re- oh my god, movies. he was the guy who flies his biplane into the spaceship at the end of Independence Day. Never seen Independence Day. Oh my god, you're, st- you know, this is the generational <laughs> gap between us because you had you, before the you podcast. Independence Day was my generation. Oh, it was, but you never went to the movie theater. You had to explain for ten minutes before the podcast to me. You had to explain ten things about ten what things is it I called? hate about you. So there's this adorable. Do Google this. There's this great video floating around called Gotham High. Yeah, it it's just really can't... cleverly edited little like thing. It's about all the so the use footage of all the actors from the Dark Knight films in younger iterations of themselves. And the joke is that it's a great constructed reality of they're all at this high school together. It's yeah. actually really well done. But yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, it's great because Joseph Gordon Lovett and um, Heath Ledger are actually in a movie together. Yeah, and Bill's and just looking was... at me. He's like, what movie is that? I'm like. It's ten motherfucking things I hate about you. I watched that at every sleepover, like in high school. I remember seeing. I saw she's all that back in the day. Never seen she's all that. Have you seen Josie and the Pussycats? We have we monitored. Are about- we? Are, we <laughs> are you actually asking me? I told you I'm getting stupider. Bill, we talked about Josie and the Pussycats, like maybe every six months. For the entirety of our friendship. Do we need to do a Josie and the Pussycats commentary? We could. We are the only... You and I are the two biggest Josie and the Pussycats defenders in the universe. I we saw... have watched it together multiple times. We've shared the soundtrack. You know what I say to that? Jerkin. <laughs> <laughs> now, Josie and the Pussycats is the shit. Yeah, the I haven't seen that in a while. I need to watch that again. Movie. I have no idea what I was about to Google. Jesus Christ. You know what, Annie? Mm-hmm. What? You know what means? <laughs> Seatbelts. Oh, wait. I screwed this <laughs> <Friendship>. up. <laughs> No, what is it? What is it? Du jour. Du jour means seatbelt. So yeah, du jour means I mean, friendship. Man, you, you guys have not seen Josie and the Pussycats. You don't know what it's the actually, hell we're talking okay. about. You gotta re- we, we, we like a lot of dumb things. Josie and the Pussycats is actually great. Well, the best thing about Josie and the Pussycats, it was like released at the height of like Spice Girls fandom. Yeah. Well, and it's, so it's, it's a great commentary of like NSYNC's, yeah, of the boy band and the girl band craze of the early aughts. Ironically, you could pretty much remake that movie note for note today. Well, it's not about boy bands. It would have to be like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. You could pretty much do it. I'm sorry I'm eating on the podcast, but we're eating hostess donuts. (laughs) That's okay. Especially because I'm... Here, I'll talk. Well, I'm recording on the quote-unquote good mic this week, so So it's going to sound extra nasty where it's like... And swallow them and stop it. You pull back. What's the the movie with the blowjob sounds? Is that Game of Thrones? That's what it's going to sound like this week. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, no, you were talking about on Game of Thrones where the one guy gives a blowjob to another guy? Oh, it is the noisiest blowjob I've ever seen on film. As much as it's this, like when, little it's soft... when the flower knight gives king buddy. That sounds like Bill eating a donut. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, you're eating. I'm it, sounds talking. Like, it sounds like Speaking pizza. The of hut. people who every time they tweet you masturbate, 
Um, no, I don't actually. But she is one of my Wait, favorite celebrity tweeters is oh, Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah. Anna Kendrick's Twitter is hilarious. She posts infrequently, but when she does, it's great. She is an attractive lady. And No, she's adorable. I went to go see um, uh, Anna Kendrick Movies Week. My wife has always wanted to go see Pitch Perfect, which is the I never even acapella. Heard about this. It's because you're not a girl. That's pretty much what it, it is. is. It sounds like it'd be a fun movie. Well, if what's really made interesting is that it's. So it's a movie, it's about acapella mm-hmm. and tr- groups in college. It's essentially a, a sports film, like in the grad tradition of. You know, like, um, uh, what the hell was that cheerleader movie? Uh, stretch it, Shit. stink it. <laughs> well, there was, fuck it. There was, um, whip it. And, yeah, yeah, whip it. But there's and, also, and there's like, fuck stick it. it. Stick it. That's what I'm saying. And there's, there's, what's the one that stick it is basically wicked, the cheerleader movie? It's wicked like, um, anyway, but, you know, it's in the long standing tradition of, you know, a bunch of uh, girls who have nothing in common come together and they form a team and they go to the tryouts and then the trials and then they win and the whole thing. That basic structure. But what's interesting is that this is the first one of those movies I've seen that has been made post Bridesmaids. And it very much so bears the mark of bridesmaids Is in there that. Puking? Yes, actually, extensively. There was the most extensive m- m- puke sequence. Maybe not quite as bad. I've as seen in any. What's movie. the puppet movie? Team America. It's not quite that bad. Oh, I can't. Even, I blocked out the puking sequence in Team America. I can't do fake puke. I can't. It makes me. I puke. can kind of see. It is fake puke. So it is I, there to. To, yeah. to cause a reaction, but yeah. no, this movie abruptly starts with a fake puke sequence. Like one of the girls in the team, her she has she she has like a nervous tummy and she barfs when she gets anxious. So they're at it starts with this team at the like the at the finals and she barfs in the it's middle like of the prologue. Yeah. She's like she, she's holding up the microphone to do her solo, just projectile vomits all <laughs> over herself in the Isn't first like, row. They have a tube in her mouth and she's they like, don't, it's, it's CGI. Gonna, it's uh, a mix. Oh, of, that's terrible. It's a mix of practical and cgi there's nothing worse than a cgi zombie than a cgi barb <laughs> so it's pretty terrible but no the movie itself was cute it's very much so follows all those tropes but it was really weird to see it post in the post bridesmaids world because you had um rebel wilson isn't it is she's fucking hilarious rebel just, wilson? um she's uh, you would recognize her if you saw her she was actually in bridesmaid she played um what's her butt's roommate um and she she's a um i think she's a aussie okay but uh she she's very funny in it but she's, she plays this character. Oh, you mean the fat lady. Yeah, she plays Fat Amy. She calls herself. Oh, I know I saw a clip of that. I, yeah. I call myself Fat Amy, so you, so you bitches don't call me that behind my back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I did and see that. So yeah. Her character's very funny. But the I one that joke... I see that, but I don't know what this movie is. <laughs> That's impressive, yeah. Bill. Bill, say what you can't remember fucking Josie the goddamn Gucci <laughs> Cats. Talking about it all oh, the time. God, Jesus Christ, Bill. Um, but no, the, the joke in this, the dumb joke in this movie that she could not. I just laughed at every time. It's one the thing horse. you know about <laughs> about porcelain horse porcelain. That's a great joke. I love dumb yeah. jokes that they just own all the way. This is why, even though he's not this necessarily is why you my sort of humor. should follow Gray Delisle on Twitter. But anyway, we'll keep the, on going. Like this is why, even though he is not my sort of humor, I love Will Ferrell. Yeah, because he just oh, because yeah. If you can say anything about Will Ferrell, it's that he owns his jokes a hundred. He makes old grandpa jokes the motion picture. <laughs> he commits to them fully yeah. and at length. So, um, this, there's this running gag where there's this girl who joins the squad 
and she's got these big eyes and this tiny little mouth and every once in a while there'll be a group scene for all intents and purposes it's like you know there was a running gag in the Muppets where whenever all the Muppets are talking and they all stop then Janice is, yeah. goes on talking oh, and she, weird. Yeah. It, she basically fills that role well, people will be talking about things and all of a sudden there'll be this extreme close up of this this huge eyed woman just with this blank look on her face a tiny little mouth she'll always be whispering something to herself that no one else can hear but it's always something random and weird like I ate my twin in the womb or I start fires to feel things. I was born with gills, and it's just a dumb joke, and just totally out of context. But it, it got to the point made this movie? where every time she just shows up on the screen, <laughs> I just started laughing uncontrollably. Because she only shows up to have that kind well, of joke. She's in. She she's one of the team, yeah. so it's like that's the extent of her development. Because there are like seven girls in the squad. <laughs> what was kind of great mm. is that um, it's it, there was a lesbian character, and I was a little offended because she aggressively hits on the other girls. Yeah, but on the other hand, is she a big bull tiger? Yeah, what's the, she's yeah. awesome. She's also hot. But she's great, and uh, I was like, hey, that's kind of rad that there's a woman who's just a lesbian. And there's the one scene where they're all sharing, sharing secrets. They're like, everyone share a secret. Robo Wilson's like, oh, we're gonna find out that she's gay. Yeah. She's like, I have a gambling problem. And then you have this <laughs> cut of her, like, gambling, and it's Aww. amazing. I'm not very good at describing movies because I'm going dumber by the moment. The movie was cute. Has this been out for a while? Yeah. Oh, okay, because wow. I hadn't even heard anything about it. Like, well, again, you're not. A, it's really aimed to. That sounds like a fun movie. Those women. movies don't have to be inherently bad or anything. No, I mean, like, it's a really competent version. And Bridesmaid was a great movie. So if it's like taking that kind of formula and applying yeah. kind of the, the Bridesmaid ridiculous filter over it, that yeah. sounds like a good time. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's. it's Where did you like go see it? Was it like I in the Academy? Go, oh no, I went to go see it. It was still. It's still. It's been out recently enough that it's still in mainstream. Oh, okay. okay but it's probably yeah. had I waited a week or two later, I'd be going to see it at a second run theater. Yeah. But it's really kind. It's kind of cute. It's one of those movies where it's like this is a really competent movie what it is Anna Kendrick is great there's a part where she auditions for I mean the role is a total waste of her talents but she has oh you made me watch the video of this yes yeah so this I think this is adorable that lady is attractive she's She's, she's she's talented she's funny and she's cute yeah Uh, not 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 in that order that's the most important thing (laughs) being cute is incidental uh huh well as someone who gets a boner for Christian Shaw I'm just saying (laughs) it's not all about looks but no she uh, as an audition for the acapella group she does this great thing where she sings this song and she accompanies herself with percussion with a cup. See, that's impressive how she pulls cup. out. Because she she uh, did this. Uh, she did uh, she performed this on David Letterman. Yeah, because it, it's so like, you know it's, it's not bullshit. Film. Yeah, but what's great is that it turns out that she she there was a viral video that floated around of a person doing this trick with this cup yeah. and using it as percussion. And so she saw it on Reddit of all places because she's a redditor and she spent an afternoon it's learning crazy. how to do it. And then they found out she could do it. And they put it in the film. And I'm like, Anna Kendrick, I want to have a beer with Anna Kendrick so badly. What else is she in? She seems like a rad She thing. never does any action movies. It's always like comedy. I wish and shit she like that. would. Yeah. As I was watching this movie, that's what ultimately I was thinking. Like, you know what would be great? Like, a really dumb, like, diehard kind of action vehicle with Anna Kendrick. Not as a sidekick, as the protagonist. I, think I would watch that movie. Hansel and Gretel needs to end with suddenly Hansel and Gretel's parents come back saying, Oh, we're so sorry, we abandoned you in the woods. And it turns out it's like a hot Anna Kendrick. <laughs> And who would be good? Uh, uh, Jim from The Office. <laughs> John they, Krasinski. And then they make out with Hansel and Gretel. Sure, Bill. Okay. Mm. But she's... Is but Anna Kendrick movie. helps kill the goblins. And she's in black leather and stuff. And she's like, I don't know how bold enough to be a mom. <laughs> Get mad at him. <laughs> and maybe you're just a doctor because I think you look, t- you look tight in that fucking medieval metal fucking leather <laughs> outfit. Just end the sentence. <laughs> that in the Hansel Gretel movie um Hawkeye Avengers guy he gets a full like uh, leather duster 
But uh, what's her name? Jim Gabby, she doesn't, just so you can see her buttocks. Which I'm okay with. That's fine. I can play. <laughs> it's one of the rarest moments when I've been catered to, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. I thought she shows up for 10 seconds in that Bond movie. Did yep. you see? You saw she that. She shows right? up long enough to die. Were you the one who. Someone I. Oh, maybe it was Dylan. Whenever who I talked to you about her, I would say, you remember in that James Bond yeah, movie? Yeah, because she shows up just long enough to have a sex scene. She's she Strawberry Fields. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, she. Uh, Fields. That she or... does uh, end up covered uh, naked head to toe in uh, motor oil. So there's that. Speaking of being catered to. Imagine being that makeup artist. I know, man. Or in that makeup. Jesus Christ. Well, I think they just uh, hooked her to a crane and just dipped her in the motor oil and just like <laughs> threw her on the bed. It's just a bit of chocolate, like what is it, chocolate shell stuff? They just dipped her in that. <laughs> Called it oh, and they just, then they hired just a bunch of dogs to lick it off her. <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop well, it. Why she going to get the stuff Stop off? it. Any other way. Because she's not going to walk to the toilet. <laughs> What, are you going to poop it off? <laughs> no, they, they just turned on the... Speaking they just, of being catered to... They just turned off the air conditioning and I'm going to change the off. subject. Speaking Give her Atkinson and Magic Shell. That's a fetish. That's got to be a fetish right there. Well, she was named Strawberry. She's like chocolate-covered Strawberry Fields. Oh, anyway, you go ahead. It's your turn to talk. Speaking of being catered to... So, the other day, I was looking at... Um, uh, I was being doing the very feminine act. I was looking at uh, hair removal <laughs> products online, um, and I was looking at uh, exfoliators or something. I don't know. Oh no, epilators. For what part? Epilators is basically it pulls the hair out, like instead of shaving, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. pulls the hair. Like out. waxy I was stuff, looking yeah. at uh, it's not. It's like a device. Oh really? So you actually just yank it out hair by hair, like tweezers. Well, it's like it's kind of like it's got like a roller thing, and it, mm, it's yeah, it just basically it only causes teeth. a little bit of blood and skin loss. <laughs> no, exactly. Jesus Christ! It's, it looks like it's actually a really bad what? idea. I'm just looking at it because I knew nothing about You're it. Not hairy. <laughs> Maybe you do. De- I have legs. Depilitate, and they have hair, and I no, would, sometimes. I like to remember there. The best part of shaving your legs is when you don't shave your legs for like six or nine months, and then you do shave your legs, and then everything feels awesome. If you could... That's the only reason why. And then let me finish my thought. Okay, yeah. Let me finish my thought. So, I'm looking at these things just because... And I also like to shave under my arms, but my arms get very irritated. Mm-hmm. So, I'm always looking at alternatives that and seems, trying yeah. new things. And um, so, I'm looking at this product, and I go to its Amazon page, and I don't want to buy it. I just want to know what the fuck it is and what it does. So, I look at the video... So the video is all like it's totally made for moms. Hold on, oh, no. and it's all like pinks and purples, and it's like a woman talking about I use it every day and it's wonderful. And there's like a jazz quartet playing, and like it zooms in slowly on her leg. She shaves and it's like touches like it's like yes, check it out. I'm so smooth. Then it cuts to hot dude, <laughs> hot dude, still pastel colors, still twinkly music. Just hot dude is like well, you know. I have to keep my abs clear, right? And then he just pulls up his shirt, and he's got this ridiculous six-pack, like the most ridiculous six-pack, and he's like, you know, I gotta keep the hair gone down there. It's just so, uh... <laughs> and then there's just this lingering shot. He Maybe he's saying things, but really... So it's is like, this just beefcake for the moms watching this video? beefcake, abrupt beefcake. Because, like, it started... That's not a bad way to sell a product. It goes from being a Yoplait yeah. commercial to being, like, all <laughs> the of a sudden... The fireman calendar. Exactly! It was kind of amazing. And it was so transparent, I actually enjoyed it. I was like, yes, this is what I want. I don't mind exploitation. I just want equal opportunity. You bought five copies of the product. Yeah. <laughs> I should have. I should what? vote with my dog. So this was still a mechanical thing? <laughs> it wasn't just a like a like a something in a bottle or no, anything? It's a mechanical thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. What is it? Just like a picture like a little like lawnmower or something. If you can imagine like an old school push lawnmower with like a spinning thing, only mm. the spinning thing is essentially a bunch what of What would you give up if it meant you didn't have to grow body hair anymore? Like if it was a choice between 
I don't mind body hair. You could, you would forever never have to worry about body hair again versus instead of a menstrual cycle, you lay an egg <laughs> that screams at you. Wow, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this would result in quite a cl- so clear a monkey's paw sort of situation. <laughs> we can throw the egg out the window. <laughs> no body hair screaming it's egg. It's not sentient. No it just screams. screaming it's egg. It doesn't have a mouth. Hard you just hear say. it screaming on the inside. And it's angry scream, so you don't feel that bad about throwing it away. <laughs> Plus, you don't have to worry about menstrual stuff anymore. It just falls out, like, you know, once a month. Like, oh, well, there's my menstrual egg. Oh. So I'm just imagining it cracks as it falls out, and then you just get scream all over your house. <laughs> it's like just a liquid it's scream. A, it's a Cadbury scream egg. <laughs> oh, is, well, Bill, I can't make that decision, can I? If I were a lady, I would look into uh, research to make it so I can lay chocolate eggs. I would totally be like, you know what? You know what? That would just give you some sort of UTI, I'm going to guess. <laughs> well, then you get to be in the commercial for Cadbury. Bok, bok, bok. <laughs> and then you get Gonzo interested in I just, man, be, uh, be, being a lady and having the uh, expectation to keep uh, track of your uh, hair all the time, that sounds like bullshit. Well, that's why I moved to Portland. Yeah, true. Yeah. And it became <laughs> lesbian, so it's cares. a little bit less of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um. The another news. The other movie I saw this week was Wreck-It Ralph. I went to go see it last weekend. Oh yeah. Well, you didn't see Skyfall. No. Oh, it's terrible. Don't. Whatever. I would like to go see Skyfall. It just it, the movies I went to saw this week were Pitch Perfect and Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph was cute. I don't know why you guys were all talking it up so much because it wasn't. It was. It was cute. I was surprised I at how it. good it was. It was I don't think it's the most amazing movie ever, but it was good. It's a cute. Movie. I thought it was going to be terrible when they first announced Disney's doing a like Roger Rabbit about video games. Yeah. That was like, oh my god, that's going to be... Because yeah. Disney has n- does not have a track record of its CGI movies being that good. Not that uh, people in-house. love Tangled. I saw it and I thought it was okay. Eh, it wasn't it was actively okay. bad, but I wasn't that amazed by it. But uh, yeah, I was expecting like some kind of DreamWorks caliber bullshit. Uh, but no, it was still good. It was, it was good, beautiful. Though. It was a really cute premise. Yeah. They put a lot of thought into that world, which uh-huh. was very sweet. Um, I really liked... Calhoun was hilarious just because I love Jane Lynch. Yeah, I mean... But yeah. I wish she had a motivation other than my husband died. But I did like the joke of she was programmed with the most tragic backstory. Yeah, exactly. And I did like the payoff of, what was it? You're a dynamite gal. You're a dynamite gal. That was pretty great. Well, everyone at, her we- at, at, at the wedding... Spoilers for uh, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> everyone at the red- wedding at the end with yeah. the guns waiting for the bugs to show up just yeah. to make sure that, you know... that was great. It was, it was cute. But no, it was and cute. And I did like... It was a nice rebuttal of the princess paradigm. That was kind of nice. How so? Well, because at the end, she you, you, spoilers. Well, she is a spoiler. Spoilers, yeah. Ralph. You find out that uh, um, Penelope, she's, Penelope is the prin- is a princess of the game, yeah. and she goes, "I don't want to be princess. I want to be president." She's the first Disney president. Oh, and then she talks about how she's going to start up executions. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's you know it's cute. It's yeah, a great rebuttal. But it's not. You like... know what though? As I was watching that movie, and I can't remember, I was watching something else. There's this thing that happens. There's a difference between being a voiceover actor. And an actor. Like, you can be a really good actor oh, or happened? a compelling person and not be a very good voice or actor. Mm-hmm. I thought Sarah Silverman was not, she was not a very good was I was surprised at how much I didn't want to punch her. It wasn't so much that. She was just, I got, you could, she did not really convey a lot of emotion She was so much Sarah Silverman. Yeah. It was more than... I mean, John C. Riley is an amazing, and like, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Jack McBrayer? Yeah. You know, he's, he's a, he can get it through his voice. He's playing Lynch, Jack McBrayer just in a cartoon format. But still, but I mean, yeah. you, you can have that in an Just like Jane Lynch is essentially playing Jane Lynch. But what like, I'm saying yeah. is that you can be a really good actor and have even a good character actor and not necessarily be a good voice actor. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I can't remember what else. We're talking about Brad Pitt. What was the, what was, the, was there was like a Sinbad animated movie that came out oh, like five God. or six that years ago? That was the first motion capture movie. And everyone was like, it's just Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, he's not exact, exactly one of the most enthused actors to begin with. And him being a voice actor where he's like, <laughs> I'm Brad Pitt. Where's my wife? Angelina Jolie. I'm in my animated movie. I'm Sinbad now. I really like your Brad Pitt. That's why Brad Pitt. Impression. I like to think that's all. That's how he acts though. Because Brad movie. Pitt is not like he's, he's, he doesn't project that way. It's but my. I'm op- surprised you don't get more bad. Yes. Voice acting celebrities. This is true. It's a, is it's true. a miraculous. Maybe it's just and maybe it's editing and very good vocal direction from yeah. voice uh, from 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 recording directors and stuff like that that try to like do a good job smoothing over some of these celebrities' rough edges that you yeah. don't get more problems like that. Yeah. But yeah, if Sarah Silverman. Of all the celebrities in that movie, if Sarah Silverman's the worst, they kind of got off lucky because mm-hmm. they could have had a terrible Ralph or something like yeah. that. But yes, yeah, so she's not actively terrible, but she's she is just, just not, not that like interesting. That character could be so great. Could have been I Ashley Birch. Not, <laughs> I was just not invested in her, and it was yeah. because of the voice directing. That's kind of how I felt with Brave. Like this is not necessarily the fault of the voice actors, but I think the lady that got to play, um, what's her name, Meredith, the protagonist, Main Merida. I thought she was. Fine. I thought she was fine, but I don't think I did not. She wasn't compelling enough to carry the whole movie for me. Well, that's also in the writing because that story didn't necessarily hang together as well true, as they were hoping to. but I to. think it's also the performance. Well, that's a, that's a thing where you have like a, like problems in the basic just scripting. But you can have... Conflating issues with maybe not having the most I dynamic voice actor. I do know the difference actor. between dialogue that is written in dialogue and is performed. Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about that, as it's yeah. performed. Yeah. Like, I think that you can have great dialogue in a terrible actor or terrible like dialogue in a great actor. And like well, you can have one carry the other. I think also the the director of uh, Rock Ralph is Richmore, who's a veteran of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and I think he's probably used to having bringing in celebrities and kind of letting do, them do whatever they want, rather yeah. than saying you have to craft a performance, you have to play a character. Yeah, because obviously they they had great luck with Alan Tudyk being uh, the the king of candy. That was wonderful. I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. But that that seems like that's just Alan Tudyk yeah. going crazy. Yeah. Whereas like Silver Silverman, yeah, she just kind of shows up and I'm Sarah Silverman. Yeah. But yeah, for some it's funny because like I said, I, she was the one character I, when it like when I first heard about this movie when they started getting details about the characters in the cast, I was like, oh, Silver Silverman, and she I was, was expecting fine. to hate her. And like I liked it so much because I was, I I liked I probably liked her performance about as much as you, and I was yeah. surprised at how not <laughs> terrible it was. Whereas you're kind of like, well, that could have been better. Yeah, yeah so. I thought it was really cute. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. And I liked that story, like that journey, Ralph's journey. Yeah. Like, it was really cute. Uh, they... Supposedly the movie in Japan is called Sugar Rush. Yeah? Yeah, because so much of it Let's takes place. In, and it's well. based off of a very Japanese racing yeah, game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't, sorry, sorry, go ahead. But it was really cute. Yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm trying to think of anything else to talk about other than that's cute and the, the shit I talked about last week. The music week. was great. It had a plot twist that I did not see coming. Which was a plot twist? I'm not going to, that's the one oh! spoiler I'm not going to talk about. But I was I was surprised. I enjoyed it very much. It Penelope was a really von Schmitz's food. <laughs> She's got the pocket rocket this racer. This week's Parks and Rec was really good. Did you watch for Parks and Rec? Oh man, they didn't have any hostess branding in that movie. They... Oh, what movie did I watch that randomly had a lot of product placement in it? Skyfall. Was it in? It was an animated movie, and I was like, "This is a lot." Was it in? Was it in Wreck It Ralph? Was there product placement in Wreck It Ralph? There's lots of candy and stuff like that. But you have, you have a whole joke about Oreos. Well, that was true, but that was funny. And Mentos. That I'm... the Mentos, yeah. Maybe it was Wreck It Ralph. Where I was like, "Man, that's what they it all made sense." That's well, the kind of product placement I don't mind. That's also a lot of effort. To put one that thing I was confused about Wreck It Ralph is they set up the whole spoils for Wreck It Ralph again. They set up the idea that if they could just get Penelope across the finish line, the entire game will reset. 
Mm-hmm. And so I thought, like, I, like as moment they said that, I thought the ending of the game, the the end, the, the end of the movie was going to be about everyone just pitching and trying to get her to finish the race. Yeah. And no, like instead it all becomes about we got to drag, we got to set up this explosion at the soda uh, diet soda fountain mm-hmm. and destroy the bugs that way. Where you think if they just they had just pushed her over the uh, the finish line, well, it resets. Everything that's in the game, but not the things that are external. Any external, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And that well, also, I was external. surprised to see that she's still glitching afterwards, too, because they said her character will be reset, too. But she's still glitching. But some people seem to think that maybe her glitching was part of her character to begin with, and yeah. that's why she's still glitching. Yeah. It's just she wasn't in control of it because, what's his name, fucked her up? Well, I saw glitching as a metaphor for disabilities, yeah. and it would have been false to take it I kind of like that, too, where she can't control the, the glitching and stuff, yeah. and it kind of fucks up, and other people are worried about her. Yeah, it's almost like a mental disability a little bit. Well, there's control... a nice parallel to Ralph, where yeah. Ralph is a villain, and he's hated for that, and she has this disability, and she's hated for that. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, it was a nice thing. Was... That's a little more, more depth to that character, and to that movie in general, than I was expecting to get. I was yeah. expecting to get 90 minutes of, Ugh! Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, oh, they're driving Mario. a car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was really cute. It was really cute. It made give me so many flashbacks to reboot. It's a me. You're, you're yeah. Mario. Yeah. But yeah, it was really cute. It made me really sentimental for reboot. Had great credits. It did have a very good credit sequence. Yeah, that's very pretty. Yeah, I did like the the stinger after the credits. The little kill screen. Laugh. I when that happened, like people in the back of the. <laughs> People in the back of the theater are like, oh, my, I get it. It's a kill screen. Yeah. It's funny when you have people, like, yelling the joke out. Yeah. Like, oh, I see what you yeah. did there. Well, yeah. Uh, but Reboot? Yeah, Reboot. It made me send them out for Reboot. You gotta go buy some of those Reboot DVDs. Dude, no. You can go thing? to Reboot. Well, they, if they are, I'm sure they are yeah, super out of print. Shit. And, uh, no, the first two seasons are We had this conversation last week, maybe. I think we oh, did. it is on Netflix. The first two I will seasons watch the are, shit out of that. No, the first two seasons are unwatchable. Because oh, that really? was when it was all goofy. It was just goofy jokes. So it's, it is the park re- Parks and Recreation of the Disney afternoon. Dude, I still... You are so mean to Parks and Rec. The first, first season is bad. It's not It's not as bad as you make it sound. You make it sound like, like some sort of crime against television. Man, that was still when... What's her name? Who's brown lady? She's still in the wheelchair. And they Phil, covered up with a potato sack or not? Did you see this week's Parks and Rec? Did I? It was great. What happened this week? It, uh, uh, Lizzie Note met Joe Biden. Oh, that's what it is, that yeah. amazing. And yeah, um, uh, poor um, Tom they... Haverford swagger didn't work. And, oh, uh, you know what? I think someone, did someone give me a phone call or something like that? Oh! Something happened, I got distracted, so I kind of fuzzed out on the last half of the really episode. It was a really cute episode. Like, that, that show, what it does, how it just kind of is about characters who like each other and try to help each other. Yeah. That's why I love that show I'm still so much. Mi- I'm, I'm bummed I missed Mike from Breaking Bad on last week's episode because I was at the movies. So yeah. watching Wreck-It Ralph. It was a choice you made, Mudrin. I know. I'll have to watch, catch on. on. But yeah, no, it's, it's a good show. As I went out to the comic shop this week, what picked up my comics for the last little while? Uh-huh. Fuck Ultimate Spider-Man. Every time I've, I've talked in the past about my how I don't really necessarily enjoy it anymore and that makes me sad, but they keep bringing up the goddamn spider. The spider that bites smiles. Whoa, what's it doing? I'm now? flipping through the comic and there it is again. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm done. I can't read this goddamn bullshit anymore. I don't know what it does because I literally just it's dead. Someone finds the dead body. And I'm like, no, I thought it died. I thought we were done with this. The best part about Ultimate Spider-Man is since he is spider themed, <laughs> he never interacts with spiders. Yeah. Usually. Maybe he'll have a 
nightmare, but I can flip that page and I'm fine. Are they setting it up and, like, maybe the spider got outside of the lab and it bit other people? There might be other well, spider dudes running around? Not or? necessarily. Like, the way it gets out of the lab is the whole setup of the first book. It gets out with Miles. And oh, lab. okay, yeah. But, yeah, it's just like, God damn you, Spider-Man. However, I am glad that they look like they're continuing the tradition of everyone knows who Spider-Man is. Oh, okay. Because with... Uh, Miles hasn't been hiding it? Well, well, he has, but people find out. It's the same thing with Peter Parker. Peter Parker hid that he was Spider-Man, but the list of who knew was oh, yeah. about oh, eight yeah. pages long. Oh, that usually happens in a comic book over the course of years, not just within, like, well, how old is all this new Ultimate Spider-Man? Like, like less in than a year old? age, or in, like... No, in, in, like, since the it's, reboot. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half. Yeah, it's funny that in a year and a half, everybody already knows, like, you know, you think over maybe the course of, like, four or five years, yeah. like, half the citizens of, was it, Gotham, New York... But- Transylvania, where does Spider-Man <laughs> hang out? Would know who he is. What? What? The other comic I picked up. So sometimes I'm not gonna name names, but sometimes you read a comic, and maybe the art isn't as good as it could be. But you're like, someone gets rushed. I can understand it. I know how. What this are you talking about? Because you never see speaking code like this. The um maybe the faces look like someone's focused a lot on the backgrounds and on the faces, and you know that's sucky. And it makes you sad because it's a comic you really want to like and you want to recommend to people. Is this front of the podcast? My, no. Brian Michael Bendis? No. But uh, I'm not going to say names, but I am going to say I picked up Stumptown this week. And it's really... I hate to be mean to it because I like Stumptown. You like that? Co- what happened? Well, I liked the first volume and even then I was like... Oh, but it was artist... rushed? Well, it's comics, dude. You're not making any money. You can't take a lot of time on things. I know how this works. But... You know, it's it's in the I like the backgrounds and I like his his composition and everything like that and I like the inking, but in the first volume it was really clear in the end he got rushed and when he rushes he kind of squiggles the faces. That's not a good thing to and you cheap can't. out on, yeah. And I mean, granted, especially not with me because I am very much a character sensitive. You love person. the acting in comics, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, um, I like this comic so much. I like the story and I like the characters and. The I feel like an asshole. Don't put this in the show notes because I don't. Was this just a single issue, guy. not the not the new? This collection has been the whole second volume. The whole second oh, volume. Oh no! Problem. And it's like, oh. who publishes this book? It's Oni. It's a great. It's a I wonder great. What comic. happened that is that his schedule got that crushed? Well, I don't know. You know, it because be... Stumptown. It seems like it's getting awards and stuff. It's, it seems like kind of a little bit of a prestige comic. It's not like he's just working on like his Uncle Chester's know, fan comic. Like about I said, the, I only Pony. assume that because, like I said, the first volume there was a clear degradation from issue one. Yeah, to exactly. Issue well, that's four. what usually happens. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That, what it is, yeah. But this is just—it's like, not like the guy. It's really maybe cute. he got stupider. <laughs> there we go. I feel like an asshole, but I don't. The art is just not. It's getting worse. Who's your? I don't know. Some guy who needs to. I'm gonna be quiet now. I feel like an asshole. I actually feel like an asshole. I do. How's the writing? I'm a bully. It's great. It's uh, Greg Rucka. He likes tough broads. It's just this should be a radio show now, <laughs> no longer a comic. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's unfortunate. It's, you really like this. I comics. really like it. It's really cute. She has her office in the um the train station in downtown Portland. <laughs> really it's cute shit. Yeah. Where like in the bathroom? Well, that's a like, tiny train station. Well, there are there are offices and shit in there. Like there are rooms and stuff. But yeah, it makes me. She's sad. working out of the, the water closet it in the guest. In the, in the in guest. happier news, the most recent issue of uh, Marceline and the Scream Queens came out this week. I have fallen behind on that. Oh, that comic is so good, so good. It's next to last issue, though, it right? It is le- the last issue is next month. Are it they makes still me on tour? Sad. Yeah, they're still on tour. But it's such a good comic. That is so much fun. It's so true to the source. Meredith Grand does an amazing job with art. She dead yet? Speaking of people who are rushed to get stuff done, <laughs> that it still looks beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Like she does a good job. Yeah, because on Twitter she's been all like, she'll be like, I finished five 
Issues of Marsland Screen Queens last night. Yeah. I wish I am dead. I love this world, but oh my god. It's a good yeah. comic. I wish that it was a monthly. I know it'd kill Meredith Grand, but I wish it was ongoing because it's just It so doesn't sound fun. like she had to draw a whole issue in just a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, it was, she, she didn't have to do the color, but, and like, drawing Adventure Time is pretty, I'm sorry. It's I just so, realized I'm talking with my it, mouth full. She writes it, she pencils, she inks. And then someone else colors. Oh, sorry, I forgot she's writing it, too. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because it's kind of a silly, you know, Adventure Time is not that hard to draw. You swallow, and I'm going to keep talking. What's interesting about Adventure Time is, so the Adventure Time comic is great, and it really takes advantage of comics as a medium. Yeah. But it still feels like the show. And what I like about Marceline and the Scream Queens is that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel like the show, but it still feels true to the show, and it's a great. It feels like an extension of that universe. Of, yeah. yeah, it's a great kind of extension. It's of the it. angel to Adventure Time's Buffy. Yes, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah. What's I like happening? It what was so it? What much. happened last episode? In the last issue? Uh, in the issue. The I last read? I saw, had you just exposed somebody as a werewolf in the crowd or something like that? They were playing a gig. I've only like I only read like the first two or three issues so far. Well, ba I mean, she she did you get his like basically she just has a an issue like a crisis when you're in the public eye you have to deal with the public's judgment. That's yeah. the, that's the theme of the book, and uh, she's just decided like well I'm just gonna do small indie shows here and you know and uh but that means that she has to leave everybody behind and is it you know and that's a great cool thing for to... a kids comic book to it's explore. A, it's a really great all ages comic and even though she never. And it still continues the total keeping um, Marceline's crush on Princess Buttercup present, but totally subtext. Oh, really? It's still there? And, like, okay. the way you live with some, like, if there's someone in your life you have a crush on, and the way you just kind of deal with it, and it's just part of your daily life, it's totally there. Aww. And it's, and you know, it's and they keep it subtext, but it's still great. It's a great comic for the littlest rockin' lesbians That's out there. That's right. Yeah. It's, just, it's so good. That'll be great. That'll also make for a great collective paperback in a, a couple months. It'll make a fantastic trade. Yeah. Hopefully, like, she gets to do, like, really great cover art and kind yeah. of splashy production value. Who publishes that, too? Boom Studios. Is Boom, okay. They they yeah, do yeah. an amazing job with that Adventure Time stuff. I've fallen behind with the the actual Adventure Time comics proper too. No, I, they, I've missed the last couple issues. They yeah. just came out with a comic for Bravest Warriors, which is also great. Did you really see that great. show has started? Yeah, the, the second. It's I haven't seen any of it. I, the first episode is great. The second episode is really weird. <laughs> I'm shocked. Have they arbitrarily killed any main characters yeah. yet? What's funny is that just like Adventure Time, the pilot that everyone spooged over, I did not like and made me not want to watch the show. When was the pilot released? Uh, the pilot for Bravest Warrior was done in like 2009. Oh, see, I never, I, 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 I've been seeing, uh, who's the guy who produces uh, these shows? Ken Warren? No. Uh, the, the, Fred Siebert? Yeah, Fred Siebert. He's been posting uh, like uh, concept art for the Bravest Warriors onto on his Flickr gallery, who I follow all the time. Yeah. And I've been seeing that. I, yeah, I didn't even realize the, the pilot's been out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. he made it for, I think, Nickelodeon. Yeah. In 2009. That's still a Penn Ward show? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but it's it's like Adventure Time where he's the, he made it, but he's got his whole team and everything, and it's very much Well, I, I think, team. like, the reason why he's friend of the podcast, Steve Wolfhard, is working on Adventure Time now, because it sounds like he, uh, like, Penn Ward had to uh, bring some Adventure Time people over onto Bravest Warriors. I don't know how Bravest Warriors is being monetized, because it's web only. Oh, oh, I had no idea! It is a YouTube oh, show. That's actually not a bad idea. Well, is it But you can I just know watch that, it for free? Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're like five to six minute episodes, you think, but is, is it kind of like stoner bait? Like kind of like adventure time is 
I'm, I am not that's oversimplifying Stoner that. Bait because that's not what Adventure Adventure Time seems like Stoner Bait. That's what's why, interesting is but it's, um, it's bravest, got more layers. Bravest but... Warrior is more direct. But bravest Warriors is more directed at teenagers. Oh, okay, that's what I was wondering. Than, yeah. than kids. Oh, I mean, that mean there's even more slash bullshit. Well, this means, person's dating this person. This other person's the, jealous. The first, the first episode involves an extended um, uh, bird giving. So <laughs> what? Yeah, bird giving, like flipping the bird. Oh, really? Give someone oh, okay. the bird. Yeah. It's, you, it's cute stuff. The comic is really great. The Boom Studios is doing an amazing who's doing job the with comic? the adventure. Anyone, anyone... Uh, what's his name? Joey Kumo does uh, Softer World. And... Okay. Yeah, just because like, they've been so good with getting crazy people for uh, the Adventure Time comic. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, it's the Braves War. Boom Studios does an amazing job with the way it, it gives talent these properties. It's really... I've not read any of their non-Adventure Time comics, yeah. but... The, the Boom Studios, I mean, it's like, uh, they did uh, their Muppet Show comics with, uh, what's his face? Oh, with uh, uh, Hotel Fred Langridge? Fred? Yeah, Fred, uh, Fred Langridge. Is that his name? I It's it's, it's something like Langridge. I'm a terrible person. I've only seen it written. I really <laughs> offered him once at a convention. That's my memory. He's a very sweet guy. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Muppet Show comics he did were, were fantastic. Is Boom also... Are they the ones... No, is it IDW who's doing the Popeye strips? I think that's IDW. Yeah, it's IDW. But no, boom, they were good. Too bad they had the Disney license yanked away from them with Marvel. Yeah. Oh, man. So I also got the most recent Dragon Age comic. And the back, the at the end of every Dark Horse comic, they got their editorial Does it say, thing. insert Star Wars ad here? Well, what's really funny is that they have this whole editorial. And I was, I was thinking about it. And like, well, this was published in the last week or two. Yeah. So this editorial, I don't know if it was written and put to bed before. It may have. That out. sounds like, especially if Dark Horse didn't know anything about this like sale. The whole thing is about Star Wars. And it's about their proud history of publishing Star Wars comics. I wonder. I wonder. And uh, it's like the next, it's like the ne- and what's the next series are coming out is what with is called simply Star Wars and explores the feelings of the characters in the original trilogy and shows what happens to them beyond. And I'm like, oh, you poor bitches! Oh, that's a heartbreaker. And I was reading the whole thing and I was like, I never read an editorial. That is the that comic book like, company oh. equivalent of a guy talking about. All I have to make, do is make it three more days while we fight this drug cartel, and I can go. <laughs> I can, I'm three days from retirement. Yeah, so it's like proposing to your girlfriend, and then she breaks up with you. That's yeah, exactly. that's what it's like. Oh, it's man. just poor kids. Regardless of like the fortunes of the company in general, but yeah, that sucks for because you know they did. It seems like they did right by the Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. They really, you know, they did comics based off the original uh, stuff. They did stuff based off the prequels. They did you know all expanded universe stuff, and yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this means that Marvel now gets back to all of its uh, stupid Star Wars comic stuff from the eighties, okay. like the Hoo- proud Planet history. of the Who Jibs and all that shit, like that Jackson's Eleven and and stuff like that. Which that stuff was more bonkers than Dark Horse stuff, but it was probably more fun because the Marvel. Yeah, you had people who were used to working on superhero stuff suddenly working on Star Wars. Well, and there were people and who that never clash was had no so bonkers. Of Star Wars whatsoever. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what like a more mature Marvel does with the, the Star Wars license, or I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna read them. I don't read Star Wars comics now. I'm not gonna read Star Wars comics then. Was Dark Horse? Did they? Did you ever hear about the manga someone produced? Maybe it was only in Japan. Was it manga that was alternate universe Star Wars comics where there was a graphic novel for each of the original movies put out? Three Uh graphic novels that each explored like what what would have happened in the story if, say, at the beginning of the first Star Wars movie, uh the Death Star blew up the escape pod containing C-3PO and R2-D2 mm-hmm. that goes down to Tatooine. If yep. that got blown up, what would the rest of the movie be like? There would be no Death Star plans. Yeah. No one no one plucks Luke. Uh, Luke does not get distracted enough uh, 
to get away from his uh, homestead before the stormtroopers blew up and kill his family. And it's this all alternate reality where I think Darth Vader wins. It's that's a great idea for a comic. Like, what if? What if? Star Wars comics. <laughs> and I think the one for Return of the Jedi ends with Luke actually turning Darth Vader to the good side. Yeah. And the very last panel of that is everyone celebrating the destruction of the Death Star on board, like, their, their, their rebel command ship. Uh-huh. And out of the elevator shaft comes uh, Darth Vader in a white suit. Exactly, you know, his old black suit, but just white with a blue lightsaber. Saying, hello there. And that's like, I love that. You think everyone would still flip the fuck out? Even Star Vader <laughs> in a white outfit? Everyone would pull out their pistols and start shooting them. I think that's what... I'm not quite sure if that was Dark Horse or not. Everybody loves a white man, Bill. But I love the idea of what if Star Wars. What if Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Let me just track that shit down. Make sure... Go, see if I can get a copy before it goes out of front. So, Bill, you bought Spam this week? Yes. It's delicious. Oh, speaking of comics. Did I talk about the Nausicaa book I bought last week? Uh, last week, um... Is it Viz Media? They're a big manga publisher. Uh, they put up a, a big deluxe set of Nausicaa Valley of the Wind by Miyazaki. And I've never read it before, and it's, it's goddamn beautiful gorgeous. Beautiful comic. Beautiful. It is, it, it's like, yeah, it's a 1200, is it like 1200 pages long? Mm-hmm. For 30 bucks, you get like, it's two giant, like, uh, dictionary sized hardback volumes with like a big, uh, like, pinup uh, poster, double sided uh, poster containing, you know, original art by uh, Miyazaki. And inside the books, there's, like, maps of the whole world of Nausicaa. And the artwork is just really gorgeous. It's funny, because, like, he drew that over the course of 12 years, and all the artwork looks really consistent. Yeah. And I guess he drew it all in pencil, too. He never, like, inked it or anything like that. But it's just super fucking gorgeous. And it's, it's, it, everyone knows Miyazaki through more through his uh, movies, but it's just interesting to go back and read the, uh, He's like, an amazing comic artist. He's a, and he considers himself not, he considers, he considers himself to be an animator and a filmmaker, not a cartoonist. And, like, in his <laughs> foreword... For yeah. the book, he talks starts talking about how like he apologizes for not being a good car, uh, comic artist. What? He's like, I don't make comics. It's not very good. But I thought this would be just a fun experiment for me to try for twelve years. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm about I'm only like maybe a hundred pages in. That's a huge fucking series, which it's means a good book. Yeah, it's actually a good book. So you read it before? Yeah. Okay, I know. I you read know. it back in the day. Um, before um, comics cared when everyone was assholes. I read a mirrored edition. Oh yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, this is not mirrored, so it's a little bit weird reading from left. Le- le- was it left to right? Mm-hmm. Right to left. My uh, oh, right to left. My yeah. my thing is that I am an asshole and I have a slight learning disability, and I actually really struggle reading manga unmirrored. It got I got better when for whatever reason it's easier for me to read it on a computer screen. Yeah. I'm having I'm still having a challenge because you know you grow up reading comics in a very specific way, and to reverse yeah. that, especially for a book this big where it's twelve hundred pages of reading everything backwards. It's kind of like tiring a little bit because, like, sometimes some some of the panel transitions don't make immediate yeah. sense to you, it, and so then it's you a have different to different language. Yeah, you'll it's have to visual read things to understand exactly what the hell's going on, and you have to do it pretty consistently, especially if the tears are kind of the the panel tears are kind of staggered and stuff. But it's still, I mean, it looks gorgeous. But yeah, it's a little it's a little bit of a challenging read. Bill, why did you buy spam? Uh, I, <laughs> I was at the store the other day. I should have bought Hostess. What was I doing? And on my iPod, I was listening. Uh, I have uh, somewhere online. I found a, like a stash of old MP3s uh, of old radio shows of the Burns and Allen radio comedy program from like seventy years ago. It's George Burns and Gracie Allen. You know, George mm-hmm. Burns played God. Yeah. In the God movies, what else did George Burns do? 
other than play God. A lot of great shit. And I've smoke seen. a cigar. I'm George Burns. But yeah, he and, his, he and his wife back in the day, they used to have one of the most popular radio shows on the planet, the, 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 the Burns and Allen show. And I was listening to one of their episodes. It was an episode from, was it like 1940? Which makes it a 72-year-old episode. Um, and it's produced, it was it was uh, co-sponsored by Spam. And it being an old-timey radio show, they're talking about Spam every fucking 10 seconds. They're like, <laughs> oh, this Spam sounds awesome. Yeah. And I guess this is only like maybe a year or two after Spam got invented. Yeah. And so they're talking about this brand new thing called Spam. And like it's just hilarious to talk like it's already an old radio program, yeah, and then you have yeah. all people like this brand new thing called spam. We call it spam because it's is it spiced ham, and they talk about how well we use pork butt and also parts of the other ham. Just talking about how they manufacture like mechanically separated pork butt, <laughs> and, but it's so delicious for you and so healthy for you, and like trying to tell people that like. Like, ladies at home, when your husband's sick and tired of stuff, make sure to give him a nice big steak of Spam. And I'm like, that's, you don't want Spam. If you've been working all day and you come home and you have a wife who's making you something, you don't want goddamn a slice of fried Spam in lieu of, like, a steak or something. But anyway, they were talking about it enough, and I, I just happened to be in the potted meat aisle. You know, like, with potted all the preservative aisle. bullshit aisle. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And Spam is on sale. I will buy a can of Spam for just for shits and giggles. Well, I also know a couple of people have been in Hawaii recently. And I guess Hawaii is a huge Spam yeah. eating place. Yeah. Because the USO, or the uh, the military, mm-hmm. United States military being in Hawaii, they brought Spam to the citizens. And now that's like a huge part, staple it's of their like diet over there. Thing, yeah. It's fucking weird. You'd think Japanese food would be a bigger thing. Not fucking Spam. I'm sure Japanese food is a big thing over there, too. And Chinese food and stuff, too. But Spam? Spam, man. I haven't had spam in like twenty years. I never I've had... never ever had spam. I'm gonna keep it that way. Oh, it's like packed in this weird like never gonna have spam. No, I've pork seen jelly. Spam. Yeah, that's why I've never. It had doesn't taste spam. bad. It's it's like eating a giant unskinned hot dog. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just not very good. Did you see Bobby Roberts freaking out on Twitter about this episode of How It's Made, where they they show? Did you the see what he was freaking dogs? out about? Yes. Well, the thing is that I was raised in a in a in a butcher plant, so I what? look at that stuff and I don't blink an eye. Sweeney Todd's I've talked about this. No, my grandparents, my mom's family were butchers. Oh, they were like idea. fourth generation butchers. Yes, you do. I told you this <laughs> a million times. I got so excited talking about Josie and the Pussycat. I got so excited about the Swiss Colony catalog last week that totally served like that information got knocked on my head in favor of the Swiss Colony information. But yeah, yeah, I'm a weirdo and I find the sight of meat being ground ground to a paste kind of soothing. It reminds oh. me of home. <laughs> well, did you see someone also like? Can you find it, or you have to do this yourself, where you take that footage and you overlay it with footage from uh, Rec Room for a Dream? The, the music from that? And it sounds just extra, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. No, sounds fucking, super depressing. This whole process, That's as you're watching it, though, it is kind of like Terry Gilliam, like, doesn't need to make any more movies. He could just do a loop of this oh, whole Oh, because process. the paste it gets turned into. Yeah. Like, it looks like milkshake yeah, stuff. It's so, I mean, it is, it's an emulsion. Yeah. It's a meat emulsion. You could go swimming in that stuff when it gets turned into. And yet into. I still like hot dogs. Hot dogs are the shit. <laughs> Although, uh, my favorite is turkey dogs. Turkey dogs, yeah. Yeah, turkey dogs. Are, they're, they're, they're leaner, and they don't mm-hmm. taste like farts. <laughs> That's the thing with the hot fart dogs. What kind of hot dogs do you like? It's like hot dogs, you can go expensive and get the good hot dogs. My or you favorite. have to get dirty, skanky good hot dogs. Oh, what is you like go in the Nathan's. Middle? I like Nathan's. Well, that's that's a pop, my favorite. Yeah. That's famous. That's that's known. It's what? Not... That's an acceptable answer? What? No, I'm just saying that, like... <sighs> Well, how was I supposed to answer the question, what are your favorite hot dogs, <laughs> you, you asshole? You can't sneak, like, people meat. 
into Nathan's because too many. It's too popular of a was brand. I, was I supposed to answer with some obscure brand so you can say that it's made of people? Some of them probably are. <laughs> Did you see like the giant vats of scraps? You can you can easily grind up yes. someone and hide it in hot dog food. Yes, you can. In, in hot dog gruel, and no one would ever know. It did kind of make me weirdly think of um, uh, Deadwood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Man, if the mob owned a hot dog factory, <laughs> that's what you got. Looper. That's what they should have been doing in <laughs> Looper. Fuck this time travel. He's just a hot dog factory. Zap him to end to like, like right above one of those vats. <laughs> all the meat is going exactly. into. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, did you see uh, Mega64's video this week called a Gooper? No. <laughs> I can't remember what it was about. It's about Goombas? It's about or... them killing bad games from the future. <laughs> Something happens where publishers are just, like, sending back bad games they wish they never published back to 2012. Yeah. And something happens where, like, and, and the Mega64 guys are, like, just executing these these <laughs> copies of video games that show up on this mat with yeah. the, their shotguns. Yeah. And suddenly, uh, Metal, uh, Metal, what's Metal of Honor Warfighter shows up? Yeah. And are like, this is a game that exists now. What's going on? <laughs> that kind of kickstart their whole thing. And they're like, oh my god, one of these games that can't be destroyed is now, you know, it's, it's, it's a game that has just been published and reality is folding it up. It was very kind of cute. You have to go see it. Um, what happened? Oh, uh, I watched Labyrinth this week. <laughs> what I got you bored. To watch Labyrinth? I got bored, and uh, it was like the first thing uh, Netflix recommended to me. I have no idea why, because it's not like I'm always like, oh yeah, David Bowie movies. Gotta show me another one. I, I've eaten all the David Bowie movies it's on because Netflix. Because they listen to our podcast, they've heard us talk about Jennifer Connelly. Are you uh, probably? Are do you, are you a Labyrinth fan? Because I know most of the women I've ever known in my life are secretly, to some extent, kind of a Labyrinth fan. I I mean I like Labyrinth. There is there no, is it's a not certain a bad generation movie. of women that do kind of I don't want to say worship Labyrinth, but Labyrinth but it's a is huge a thing. It's kind of like their Star Wars. A yeah, little bit. yeah. Like uh, my my the way I grew up, I was more of a like. The closest movie that I had to my in my estimation to like the Robin way people Hood? feel. No, what Robin Hood movie would I like that much? Disney. That's that's different. Oh, there's. But let, let me finish my sentence. Bill, <laughs> you ask me a question, I'm answering it. Shut up. Okay. Uh, no, uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride was the closest movie that had that kind oh, of. Oh, like, I see people like that. That that like pillar status. Which is funny because they kind of came out around the same time. Yeah. They even have kind of similar production values of kind they of slightly do. dodgy fantasy world. But that's half the charm. But as uh, Princess Bride is a hell lot smarter though. Yes. Yeah. That's what that's what you get. I think I chose wisely. But having said that, my favorite parts of Labyrinth are um, Didymus, Sir Didymus, and Ludo. <laughs> I forgot his magic powers controlling rocks. Yeah. I've not seen Labyrinth since like 1992 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think somebody, my friend Elise back in Pittsburgh, she probably made me watch the co- VHS copy she watched a million times as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, that was, like, 20 years ago. Man, that movie's... I forgot... I thought David Bowie... I thought he had, like, werewolf teeth or something at first, and I forgot David Bowie he just has, has weird incisors to begin with. Because yeah. he's talking, he's like, Sarah, Sarah, what is your panties, Sarah? <laughs> and I'm like, what's up with his mouth? I'm not even paying attention to anything else. And I'm like, dude. Jennifer Connelly, I'm like, oh, yeah, what's up, Jennifer Connelly? How you doing? Because that's one she thing. Guys, like... I was not part of, you know, like, like, like Labyrinth, but, like, all the other guys who I grew up with were like, fuck Labyrinth, it's all about Star Wars, but they're like, yeah, but that, that, Jennifer Connelly, what's up with that? <laughs> and now I'm watching Nick, and I'm like, oh, yeah, what's up, hey, Jennifer Connelly, how you yeah. doing? Yeah, Bill, grass ain't on the field, Bill. Yeah. I'm like, you can't I'm looking up Wikipedia, going, oh, yeah, how old was Jennifer Connelly in the movie? Like, she's, like, 19 or something, at least, kind of. <laughs> Even that's kind of perverted, though. I'm like, she's 14, and yeah. my dick just shut down. <laughs> Uh, like to be fair, I will throw out there, she's a very mature 14. 
she looks like a well she, she looks doesn't like mean she not, maybe not a grown adult woman or 17 she looks easily. like a late teenager she looks yeah. like somebody who should be in a john hughes movie not yeah. in a goddamn muppet movie yeah and uh yeah because there's a whole scene where she gets like i forgot there's a whole thing where she gets stuck like in a ballroom yeah she eats hoggle gives her a peach and she eats the peach and then she flips the fuck out yeah and then she like there's a crystal ball and there's there's masks and shit looks like a dylan McConus comic yep because everyone's all mask of the red death stuff and then for the longest time everyone's always talked about how big david bowie's junk is in that movie it's not so much that it is big as it is prominent well for that most of the time it's kind of hidden a little bit like he shows up i think Bill, he's wearing like tan pants he's wearing he's no he's wearing like jodhpurs tight you know, jodhpurs. he shows up at the end when he wears tight when sarah's all like about to fuck up his shit where she's like i have come from the goblin castle to eat some soup you have no power over me <laughs> yeah to, fu- to confuse her. I guess this is, this is only superpower to strike back uh, when she starts wising up. And she starts dressing in more and more ridiculous outfits. And his last <laughs> outfit is like the skin-tight yeah. lavender thing with feathers. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. Um, but his package, it looks like when her back was turned, like looking for a little book to read her little spell to, 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 to read at him. It's like he like, oh, I got to put a sock in my penis too. And then he turns around and it's like, oh my God. It's like half of Duncan Jones is still in his ball sack trying to get out. It's amazing. It's intense, dude. Yeah. No, it's, it's, well, also, uh, that was, how was I telling you about this at the beginning of the movie when, uh, uh, David Bowie first shows up and it's like, hello, Sarah, I am the Goblin King. He's like, there's my castle over there. And he like, he points at the camera and it suddenly cuts to what you think is going to be a point of view shot of them looking at his Goblin King castle. Netflix fucked up and jumped back to the beginning of the movie. So it's the TriStar opening logo with the flying unicorn. Yeah, but is and the so... audio still going? No. Yeah, no, you, that's what happened. Netflix yeah. has done that to me lately too. And so it's like, look upon my castle. <laughs> and so it just cuts to this unicorn like, this is the best movie ever. That's like, realized, oh, it's the TriStar logo. Uh... And it's just, of course he would have a a unicorn but it that's not that's not i have to re-edit labyrinth so it's my now what i think is <laughs> canon and that that unicorn at the beginning of every tristar movie is actually uh his escaped pet yeah labyrinth was was, was totally a sleepover fodder sort of movie yeah but it's really fun it's got a, it's a fun movie it's got it's got a silly soundtrack it's all synth except yeah. for like saxophones yeah <laughs> It's not as bad as Lady Hawk. Lady no, Hawk it's that's where that's you can't even enjoy. Well, Lady Hawk wouldn't even be so bad if it was consistently consistently a synth soundtrack, but sometimes it goes into full orchestral. Yeah, and then it'll go like bow. It makes it all the more jarring. Blah, blah, blah. I maintain my thesis that La- Lady Hawk would be one of the best ridiculous medieval adventure movies of all time if it had a different score. Uh, the one or two times I've seen Lady Hawk, I've enjoyed it, Lady but Hawk it is so hard to get is into just because a great movie with great performances. Michelle Pfeiffer is weird and tired, do... but otherwise it's perfect. They, they need to and release like a version for the deaf where there's no audio, but you just have a little person <laughs> with subtitles. Like I seriously, if I had the know-how, I would rip that movie and painstakingly I rescore it. Is, th- is that like a sexy movie too? Is there violence and sex in that? Because I remember there's... that being a slightly more adult skewed well, fantasy it's, movie. It's more adult in that it's, I don't want to say it's, it's not mature in that there's boning, but it is kind of a more mature story. It's more mature than It's more about shit. longing than yeah. it is about fucking. Yeah. Um, Rutger Howard does get naked in it. But man, Jennifer Connelly, so yeah, but like, that's part where she like, she draws shows like in the ballroom sequence. She's like in a mm-hmm. pretty dress and shit. And I was like, oh, yo, what's up? How you doing? And I was like, oh my God. How, who thinks to hire Jennifer? Man, she was a gift from God. That casting director must have been like, when she showed up, walked through the door, she's like, hey, uh, 
I'm sexy, but I'm 14. Like, we can work with this. We can do something. <laughs> well, even the costume, does, the, the design of that movie is uh, fantastic. It's Brian beautiful. Froud does great work. It's beautiful. Then again, it's a lot of the same kind of work he was doing in The Dark Crystal. But, like, I love that her outfit in the, la- in the Labyrinth, her, her stock outfit, not her ballroom, ballroom outfit, is still, like, she's wearing jeans and just, like, really simple little shoes. But yeah. she's got, like, this pirate shirt on yeah, like, that's vest. really timeless. And that yeah. was like that. She looks like she well, looks like a male hero. She kind of looks excellent. Point. She looks like she could be almost like if she were a guy. She looks like she could be hanging out with a goddamn who's the pirate guy from Princess Bride. Yeah, that you don't want to be Roberts. the Dread Pirate Roberts. The, yeah, uh, it, he is. She is kind of dressed like uh, the protagonist in the. Uh, Black Cauldron, a little yeah. bit, you know? That's I never considered that. What I always liked about that outfit is that it feels both generically fantasy-y and yet totally something a girl of the time would wear. Well, I saw it, well, it's again, clicking this up on Wikipedia, I guess originally a labyrinth was going to be to, uh, take place completely in a fantasy world. Yeah. And uh, originally, I guess the original idea was going to be it was about a king looking for his kidnapped baby son. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, okay, well, maybe we should have some sex appeal. Maybe we'll make it about a princess searching for her, 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 her son or her younger brother. And I guess uh, while they were working on this, uh, Dark Crystal came out and totally bombed at the box office. Yeah. And so I guess the marketing people were like, could you just make the main character like somebody from our world who ventures into this goblin world? Yeah. And so that's how, that's, that's how they came up with, which is a completely marketing thing. And the movie still bombed. Yeah. So it was like bombed so bad, like Jim Henson was really upset about it. Because Dark Crystal, which he directed, didn't do that well. Yeah. And then Labyrinth bombed. And that Labyrinth was actually the last thing he directed. Movie. That was the last thing he directed, too. Yeah. You know? it's a, I mean, it's a good way to go out. I'm sad to get critical appeal, but it sure did. It sure does have staying power. It shows off all of uh, the Henson Company's puppeteering shit, yeah, too. the whole range. Because you've got, like, you've got hand puppets. You've got stilt puppets. You've got the blue screen fiery puppets. Yeah. You've got... Uh, you've got um, just really good practicals, like suits. Yeah, midgets and suits. Yeah. You've got stuffed dolls strapped to the back of poor dogs. <laughs> You've got big yep. giant cookie monster Ludo kind of yeah. like big like full suit kind yeah. of stuff and it's yeah, yeah. oh the, the even even like the hands the um the helping hands which yeah. that's its own kind of weird kind of puppeteering yeah. but like it's not and really... then you have old school puppetry like more traditional muppeting puppeteering like with um uh, with with Sir yeah exactly yeah which yeah even the way he sticks. walks he's like yeah. Yeah. He's like a random Muppet character trapped in this movie. He's like a fraggle that got loose. But exactly. yeah, no, that movie is entertaining as balls. It I probably, holds up. I wish I'd watched it more often as a kid. It's like, man, you get like, you, actually, a great double feature would be that never-ending story. Yes, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just thinking of Robin Hood, did you see, did I make a link to this? Uh, there's somebody had done an interview back in the early 70s, right after the Robin Hood, the Disney Robin Hood came out. Mm-hmm. It's this lady from like, she's like from, like, must have been from like, Pasadena, like, uh, what's it called when TV, it's, it's all just basic cable access. Mm-hmm. Cable what? access television. Cable access television. Yeah. It's this old lady from some kind of like cable access television news channel mm-hmm. interviewing uh, animator Ward Kimball. Oh, really? Right after Robin Hood came out. And she doesn't know anything about animation, and she's just asking him the most. Ha- it's like what having kind Bill of Mudrick. pencils. She's like, use? she's like, tell me how go back it does, and he's like, and then he kind of makes up his own answer to a fake question that she didn't like. He yeah. kind of like he kind of takes over the conversation for himself, but like huh. her questions are just like, how do you know when they go? Oh, go all the way back from there. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little, little this lady. Woman is 
having a stroke. She would be having a bad day with any kind of interview subject <laughs> mixed with the fact that she obviously doesn't know anything about animation yeah. other than the fact that you draw somehow and that turns yeah. into a moving picture. But it's great that you see him just kind of like, he's drawing like, you know, he, I, well, who's the, uh, the, the the stupid king guy from... Bridge John. Yeah, I'll just send you a link to the YouTube thing. That's it's awesome. very cute. It's also I forgot, he was old when he was doing that because yeah. that was the 70s. He started working there like yeah. in the 30s. Dude. So he'd been there for 40 years. He'd been doing that. He draws the best hands. Yeah. His hand animation is so good. So, so he, yeah, so he was the animator of Prince John, and Prince John has a lot of like mm-hmm. he's got the rings and everything like yeah. that, and yeah, yeah, he's working. It's sort of the stone is one of the reasons why that's one of my favorite. Which movies. which I think he did. Um, I think he did both the uh, Merlin. I was about to say the Wizard because there's a lot of hand stuff in that too with yeah. all the spell casting and things. And I think he did some Arthur stuff too. But that, I mean, the, to be fair, that's the entire movie. That's not, you know it's a slow week when I'm like, hey Annie, here's this War Kimball video I sh- you didn't see online. <laughs> I'm gonna describe it to you for ten minutes. All right, friends, we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna come back and do some Geek Week. Oh, I can't talk about Sports Night. Go ahead, Bill. Or Paper Mario. Go ahead, Bill. You didn't write Paper Mario. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Talk about Paper Mario. It's not good. What are you going to say about Sports Night? You uh, watched it. Well, I actually wrote that down because I couldn't think of anything else I did this week. Talk about Paper Mario, I then. finished Sports Night. Have you seen Sports Night? Felicity Huffman. This is another conversation What's we've had eight or nine times. <laughs> we've watched Sports Night together. Do you remember our friendship? Do you know who I am? Honestly, if they remake, uh, if they remake Jet Labyrinth, they got to have Felicia Huff. What's her name? Felicity Huffman. You Felicity Huffman. Huffman. She needs to play, uh, what's the character's name? Sarah Silverman. She's hot. <laughs> Listeners, are you guys getting dumber listening to this podcast? <laughs> I didn't even have caffeine! And then you could have Robert Guillaume. He could play uh, Jareth the Goblin King. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then... Hey, Bill. David Bowie about... says he's gonna name her her baby brother Jareth. He's like, who looked like me? I, that cracked me up. I love Jareth from Labyrinth. <laughs> he made me laugh. I love that baby and how indifferent that baby is. You know who that was? That was... Brian Froud's son, Toby Froud, who is now a Muppeteer. Oh, that's adorable. He grew up to be a part of the company. I did distantly know uh, that, Anyway, but... no, so I've been playing uh, Super Mario... Uh, no, it's Paper Mario Sticker Star, which is a brand new role-playing game for the Nintendo 3DS. It's the latest installment in the Paper Mario video mm-hmm. game franchise. Have you ever played any of these games? I have. They're, They're like RPG lights, yeah. where it's not like a lot, a lot of RPG elements. Yeah. Uh, this game is very cute. They kind of designed it so it's kind of like a little, like shoebox diorama inside oh, your that's ds great. and everything's kind of made out of cardboard and like if you shake the ds like everything like all the clouds and everything are on strings and even like your health meter and stuff are on strings and if you shake yeah. the ds everything kind of wiggles oh that's cute and uh in the game instead of using spells or magic powers uh or even actually any physical attacks everything you do is a sticker you mm-hmm. have to find stickers in the environment and even to jump on somebody in combat it's turn-based combat you have to use a sticker like, okay. a sticker shaped like a boot will let you jump on something. If you find a sticker shaped like a hammer, it'll let you hammer on something. Okay. Uh, the only fortunate thing is that these stickers are one-time use only. What? And so you have to keep, like, in order to do anything in the game, in combat, you have to have stickers. Did they make a video game, a microtransaction <laughs> full-price video They could. If they wanted game? to, they could have done that. And uh, the only thing that sucks is also your sticker album that used to contain all these stickers. Is, is finite, so it's not like what? you can create a giant stockpile of stickers. And the other thing is there's no experience points in the game. Wait, and then so how is it an RPG? It's barely an RPG. Mostly in the fact that it's turn-based combat, but aside from that... And what's the point of fighting if you run out of stuff and there's literally no... What Do you do you win star, stickers This from is fighting? why a lot of people are selling the game. A lot of people are disappointed in this game. Like, there's... 
what you, you what you write there, figure it out. It just doesn't seem like the designers really kind of figure it out. Because yeah, uh, there's no incentive to fight. Because at least in other role playing games, if you get lost or if you end up doing a lot of combat, even if you something happens where you don't achieve your goal, yeah. you still get experience points. Or at least you're working yeah. towards leveling up. There's yeah. some kind of like gratification from that. Something's happening. With this, because there's no experience points or anything like that, no matter how much you fight, unless it's a boss battle and you get like something from defeating a boss, yeah, you're just wasting these like this this you're very finite resource. resource. Uh -huh. And and it also does the thing where a lot of enemies uh, can only be defeated with very specific uh, types of stickers. Yeah. And so you could walk into a sticker with full health, a shitload of like mushroom stickers which uh -huh. heal you and stuff like that but if you have the wrong uh selection of stickers or have used used up all the stickers that are good on a boss or something like that in the fight up to here you just simply can't win because and there's no way to like get stickers in battle or anything it's just kind of how has this been a year of games with franchises with pretty straightforward things you can't fuck up and they fuck them up yeah maybe make an rpg with like you know the ability to progress and maybe incentives well the other thing to too they try to go through the adventure so it's not even just a role-playing stuff but there's an adventure team adventure game component where there's a lot of stuff in the environment you have to find other than the there's stickers in the environment you can find that you use in battle but also like Stuff will be like I. One thing I saw a lot of people complaining about when you get into the third level, you just you, there's like a forest or something. I haven't gotten there yet, but I keep on hearing about that. There's a forest you get to where you suddenly don't know where to go. It's like a dead end. Turns out the door to keep on going is hidden behind a tree. And there's nothing there to tell you that's that a door would be hidden there. <sighs> there's a stage uh, in World Three that I got stuck in where it's this poisoned river that's in a loop. And I didn't know what the hell to do because, like, the only thing to do is throw yourself into the river and fight. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do. What you're arbitrarily supposed to do is whack a tree with a hammer and a giant leaf will fall down into the river. And then you could ride that around and do stuff. What if you're out of hammer stickers? <laughs> yeah, if you're out of hammer. Like, and there's nothing that's telling you that you can do that because it's not you ever do that earlier in the game or anything. And it's just kind of like, <sighs> so you've got arbitrary, guess what I'm thinking of, adventure game design. Mixed with finite combat resources mm -hmm. that don't net you anything when you use them. So it's, yeah. It, it sounds, sounds like a super fun time. It seems like they, they, they hired somebody brand new to be in charge of one of the Paper Mario games. Somebody who had a really good eye for aesthetics. I mean, not so much with the role-playing aspects. Yeah. Yeah. At least the role-playing combat, you know, the Final Fantasy kind of role-playing. Yeah. It's not, like Final, it's not like Mass Effect where you can kill Toad in the first chapter. And Toad never comes back, and suddenly the whole story changes. And then to Toad shows and up as a ghost. A shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Can I'm we talk sorry. about Sports Night? Sure. What do you want to talk about Sports Night? It, it's over. I finished it. Did you, had you never finished it before? Meaty burp. No, I I got bored this week. I, I'm trying to fill up space. I shouldn't be trying to fill up space because we already talked we for an hour. We can just stop and go to the Geek Week in review. Okay, guys. Hey, guys. Bill, watch the show that's over now. <laughs> We're going to take a little break. It's cute. And we going to come back and I'm going to sing the Sports Night music for you. It's all like chicka -cha, chicka -cha. that show is not aged. This is it's this is another thing watching shows that were just made ten years ago, where people have problems where they can't communicate with each other because they're not near a phone, yeah, or something also, like that. Also, their or, offices in the twin towers. Yeah, and also like people have a hard time finding things on the internet, or like they're like, like the main one of the main characters uses AOL.com email, yeah. so he's like, "You've got mail." Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, this show was made like 1997. Yep. So cute. Anyway, but yeah. Oh, yeah, and the show got canceled right before the Twin Towers happened. Yeah, which would have been a hell of a thing to deal with. Yeah, well, the character would be dead. I'm glad they canceled it before I see him get blown up. Yeah. 
On that cheerful note, should we go back to talking about Sticker Star? Uh, friends, we're going to take a break. Annie is low energy. I'm going to finish the sentence and hopefully it'll stick. We're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to come back and have the Geek Week in review. Maybe. What else? I got my ticket for the long way round. Two bottles of whiskey for the way. And I sure would like some sweet company. And I'm leaving tomorrow, what do you say? When I'm gone, when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss me by my hair. You're gonna miss me everywhere. Oh, you're sure gonna miss me when I'm gone. We are back. All right, friends. Time to talk about some things that happened in the week. Now was. we also get to mourn uh, the death of Nintendo Power, the official death. Nintendo Power now is dead. God bless, man. You know what the last thing they had to do at Nintendo Power was process my invoice. <laughs> uh, so Nintendo Power went out of business this week. On Tuesday was the last day the offices were still open. Are we recording? Yeah, we are recording. And uh, I had done uh, some work, which you will see in the last episode uh, issue of Nintendo Power that comes out soon. Uh, but I forgot to invoice them until half an hour before the office was supposed to close. Oh, Bill. And so the uh, .xls file yeah. that I was talking about earlier was one of their invoice forms. Yeah. Oh, Bill. And so, yeah, literally the last thing they had to do was rush to get my paperwork through. That, oh, yeah, so. Hmm. So, yeah, here's my pro tip for any of y'all maybe listening, too. If you ever need to either read or create a Microsoft Word document and do not have the re- yeah, access no to idea. it, just use Google Docs. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I was doing my copywriting, I didn't have. I wish I'd known on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Bill. If you God, if you can you can use it to view Word documents, Excel documents, PowerPoint. Yeah, because I spent ten bucks on it was a program called Neo Office, which is a essentially a Mac clone of uh, Microsoft Dude, Word. Dude, I Open Office is free. I, I could have solved this for you with four or five different. Well, ways. I don't have to deal with Office stuff because I have my own little. Uh, it's was it rich text file of my yeah. invoice. It's yeah. the ge- ghettoest gangster shit oh, ever. Gosh. And that's my stock invoice I send to people. I usually don't have to worry about, like, unless it's, like, a W, like, W2 or W9 form, mm-hmm. which, you know, I just can sign off as a PDF, and I know how to do that. But, yeah, I was timing for a minute. Oh, Bill. This should be part of my, uh, uh, after Thanksgiving, I do a, a freelance podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not that the podcast itself is, is, is freelancing. It's not like you can hire it to give you a massage. No, it's about freelance. Uh, yeah, with, uh, Katie and Dylan and, uh, Erico, uh, Katie hosts it, and yeah, it's a podcast about how to be a freelancer. Well, not how to be a freelancer, but the ins and outs of being a freelancer. We talk about, we take questions, and we just talk about what it's like to be a freelance mm-hmm. artist, or, like, um, Katie's also a freelance... She just does, how like, would consultation? You describe, yeah, consultation? For, like, negotiation and, and contract stuff, and so, yeah, and combined with us being freelance artists, we have a lot to say about freelance stuff. And this should be one of the things I bring up. It's like, hey, everyone, just use Google Drive for everything you do. It's the best. <laughs> Andy taught me. So It's also know. Open Office is a free, it's basically a free version of Office. It's pretty limited, but yeah. you can use it to open those documents and, and edit them and send them off again and yeah. make those file formats. Ideally, I shouldn't, I, this wouldn't even have to have been a time issue if I had thought about submitting my invoice until maybe a day before Nintendo Bill, Power shut down. Maybe design an invoice. I'm yeah, going to throw that out there. I might have you to. are a graphic artist. I know! You are selling yourself based on aesthetics. It would be an invoice that just looks like a Nintendo system or something like that. But even like that. that, something, yeah, buddy. Come God. up with something. Yeah, so Nintendo Power is officially dead. It's ceased operation. After almost 25 years. Yeah. I think if they've, if they've 
been left alive for like a couple more months, they would hit their 25th anniversary. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Because I think the first issue was June slash August of 1989. Yeah. 1988, I think it was. Yeah. So. Meow, 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 meow. Mm. No, that's that's his price is right game over sound. That's the wrong one. That's a Super Mario. There you go. What's the, what's the Zelda? Uh, guys, hold on. I'm gonna sing every <laughs> Nintendo game game over. Zelda's blink. That's the first Zelda game. Zelda two. It's. Hey, I'm going for a little walk. Zelda three. It's uh, Annie punches Bill. No, it's fine. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Newell has confirmed that Valve is working on a new game engine, one that will presumably replace the Careworn Source engine that's powered every Valve game since Half-Life 2. Yeah, that's just kind of a big deal because so many, like, also Valve has been, or Source has been modified by so many other people. Yeah. What's the, 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 the modified, is it Gary's Mod? Yeah, Gary's Mod. Which, that's been a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's powered every major like, Valve was always pretty popular with the original Half-Life, but Half-Life 2 really put the company on the map. Mm-hmm. And with Portal and Left 4 Dead, like, pretty much the, all the games that Team have Fortress. been... Yeah, yeah put, that have put Valve really indelibly on the video game map has all been with the Source engine. Which is about time they replace it, because that engine's about... It's all a better part of a decade old, because I think which Half-Life 2 came out... In, yeah, Half-Life 2 came out in 2004, I think. Shit, that is almost a decade ago. I remember reading a new. Ah. I remember reading a news, like a video game uh, magazine article, where they were talking about how they were going to debut Source in Half Life Two, and about how it was going to be so much more powerful that few computers would be able to run it. And you know, and, this, and now, and now in this modern age, how did you learn about this on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you probably run Source on your iPad now too, or yeah. like yeah, on your on your goddamn cell phone. Uh, so, yeah, so, that's gonna be... No joke, on our next note, I am gonna leave the room so you can talk about it, because I want to get a beverage, and I'm tired of talking about Prometheus. What? So, there you this go. This is interesting, you don't want to hear about the original script? I know script? about it, and I'm done I about read it, the script. So... Guys, I'm gonna tell you what's up. Uh, I'm gonna tell you about my breast implants I'm working on getting. They have speakers in them. It's amazing. Um, when I walk down the street, the windows rattle. Because it's the heavy bass. Like, it's weird because, like, it messes up my uh, the motor functions in my brain. So I can't... I don't... I kind of, like... The sound coming out of my breast implants with the speakers in them are so loud that, like, I can't... I, higher brain function kind of disappears because electromagnetic fields in my brain are, are disrupted. And so then I kind of start walking around in circles. Sometimes into traffic because I'm not really... This all while rap music is blasting out of my boobs, my man boobs, and I've gotten arrested a couple times. I didn't want to talk about it on air, but you know what I'm gonna do. You, you, I'll end up. Someone will take a video of this someday, and I'll be up on Reddit anyway. So I might as well tell you guys about it. So, I just want to be honest. Anyway, Eddie's back now. She's gonna hear me just sit there and listen to me mm-hmm. quietly talk about Prometheus. No, uh, so John Space's original, uh, uh, I guess his final last draft of his version of Prometheus, titled Alien Engineers, got leaked uh, this week. It was actually confirmed by on his Twitter to be a legitimate thing. And it's funny because it's actually, it's, it's very similar to the final film, especially in the basic structure and stuff. But, um, yeah, stuff like uh, David tricking uh, Numi Rapace's character into being impregnated with Alien Spawn. Uh, requiring this uh, the the C section and the rolling juggernaut ship, um, but it's 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 there is less stupid character behavior. There's more justification why characters do stuff like uh, I think that this is the draft of this script that explains that like 
why the scientist guy sticks his face in an alien cobra's face is because he's a biologist. Which, it doesn't make any sense why you would stick your face in a, a, a angry alien cobra's face. But run away from a dead alien who invented humanity if you're a biologist. Understand that. That's the only critical thing I have to say about it's the not, finished version of Prometheus. Who don't like Prometheus talk about Prometheus? Um, but I no, in the original, in it. this original script, um, actual aliens from the Aliens movies they actually show up along with the facehuggers, and the planet is very specifically the same planet from Alien and Aliens, it, which actually does make that that version of the script is a direct prequel. Which is funny because, like I said, they live they leave the crashed uh, derelict spaceship on in the finished film. In exactly the same situation it was in the original Alien movie. So you can even watching the finished film, you can kind of see how this could have been very easily a direct Alien prequel, but it wasn't. Um, but the original hey, script... You know how I took your Coke and would let you open it on air earlier? Oh, yeah. no! Not only did, did you I take your pleasure coke? from you, oh, no. I took it from you Does again. Does that feel good? Does that feel good? Anyway, continue. Oh, okay. Uh, the original script... Uh, yeah, no, Space uh, script is a lot more fucked up, though, with... Uh, David face rapes. Is it Shaw? What's new member Face's character? He specifically knocks her up with a fa uh, face hugger. He holds her down while face hugger like essentially like rapes her face, impregnates her, and she's trying to fight back. And because he's a superhuman robot, I mean, it's it really takes the whole rape allegory of the facial impregnation thing. Like really, it's like uncomfortable to read. Um, and the way in the this original script. Uh, Naomi Rapace's boyfriend, instead of being impregnated by a black goo that slipped into, into his drink, while exploring the alien uh, ship, he ends up falling down an, uh, uh, an air vent mm -hmm. and gets knocked out for like half an hour when he comes to. And uh, he's all like, oh, I've got a sore throat, but I think I'm okay. And anyone's watched an alien movie, you're like, oh man, this motherfucker been impregnated by a facehugger while he was knocked out. He just don't know it yet. And he ends up dying while he has sex with Naomi Rapace. The chest burster comes out. It's so sad. She gets covered in yeah, blood. Yeah, you guts. know what that movie needed more of? Rape and there's body horror. Two there's two separate. In this original script, there's two separate scenes where Naomi Rapace ends up naked, covered in blood and guts. One where her boyfriend dies while having sex, and then again with the cesarean section scene. That would have been a little bit much. Uh, but uh, so anyway, this guy, this guy, he falls down in the ship and he gets impregnated. But you don't see what happens until she goes after her boyfriend dies. She goes back, following his his tracks throughout the ship. Uh, just to see what happened, because this is a cool little scene where, um, you know how the alien ship kind of has that camcorder thing where it, ha it created the holographic images of the aliens, uh, of, of the big, uh, the engineers being chased by invisible stuff when they first enter the ship, the big ghost-like holographic things. Mm -hmm. uh, it, she ends up following a representation of her boyfriend, Holloway, kind of like falling down the elevator shaft, and she actually watches... Uh, him being impregnated in this ghost static holographic uh, uh, vision, which is actually, it's very cool. It's a nice way to bring that back. And uh, she kind of sees him fall into this room full of alien eggs and get impregnated and stuff. And uh, when he gets impregnated, the video cuts out and she suddenly realizes, oh, that's right. She followed the film footage back to where he was. And she just realized she's actually in that same room with all these alien eggs. And she realizes well, that what happened to him is about to happen to her. And that's when David shows up and holds her down and forcibly impregnates her. Mm -hmm. It's more fucked up. David's uh -huh. like an actual outright villain. He's not just kind of like passive aggressively doing weird stuff. You don't know why he's actually evil. And the reason he's evil, because like two and a half years while they were in on the ship going out to this alien planet, 
he's been reading all the notes of New Mirror Pace. Mm-hmm. And he, like, figured out, like, the all these notes contain some kind of, like, trinary code that suddenly caused David's brain to evolve or something like that. And now he wants to, he thinks the engineers are better than humanity. And so he no longer wants to serve humanity. He wants to serve the engineers. And so mm-hmm. he's fucking, that's why he's fucking up everyone on the ship now. Because he just wants to get rid of them and just, like, get in touch with the engineers. And mm-hmm. it's kind of fucked up. That's interesting. What else? Is there anything else? Oh, people actually turn into aliens? Mm-hmm. There's a dude. though In the movie, the guy who gets stuff splashed on his face. It's one of the two dudes who get lost. He kind of turns into a hulking gorilla CGI monster in the movie. In the original screenplay, he actually turns it, like, starts visibly turning into a xenomorph where his head gets longer and stuff. And there's also the insinuation um, when a chest burster b- bursts out of the movie for Pace's boyfriend, when it grows up to a full-sized alien... Uh, it suggested that the aliens are kind of designed, like, especially in the original film, there's a skull face beneath kind of like the big head carapace those mm-hmm. aliens have. And uh, the, in this movie, it kind of suggests that skull is the skull of whoever they were bur- born from, mm-hmm. which that's kind of creepy. So if you kind of look at their face, you could actually kind of see... Make out their features. Yeah, which that's kind of horrifying that, like, whoever had to die to become the host of this chest burster still mm-hmm. kind of lives on in the genetic DNA of that particular alien. Well, that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Would you be sad if I got killed by a chestburster and you had like a fat alien kind of looking at you going, I'm sorry, Andy. I won't talk about Prometheus again. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a good It was a cool little script, though. It was creepy. Tom Hardy has been Oh, saying... I know. You really just did not worry about the page. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Damn. I really... Honestly, you guys have killed all interest I have in Prometheus. Okay. It was something that I enjoyed and everybody harshed on it so much that I don't even want to think about it anymore. We can plant our flag in that little moon. <laughs> Well done, everybody. You killed Prometheus for me. You took something that I kind of enjoyed and made it into something that actually makes me actively... Speaking of misery, the one one weird thing about Pitch Perfect that uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit earlier. Um, Is this the movie with... uh... This is the movie with Anna Kendrick, the acapella movie. Um, it takes oh, place... I'm thinking about Pitch Black. No. <laughs> that would be more on topic. <laughs> no, this is more about things that are innocuous to most people making me personally miserable. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, uh, It takes place during college, because acapella actually is a big... As they say in the film, it's like, oh, you know, they're the big dogs on campus. When you roll out the jocks and, like, all the actual popular people, then you know the acapella group, which is true. <laughs> but um, I, I had a miserable time in college, terrible time in college, and I still have, even though my life is happy now, and I have a house and a wife and a job and all this other stuff, and I moved on, still watching people find their way in college and find their tribe gives me a panic attack. Because you didn't do the same? I, college was so miserable to me, just the memories of those feelings just makes me relive them all over again. So that whole movie I was laughing and having a panic attack at the same time. And still when I think about that movie and I go back and look on it, I'm like, why Why is my skin, like, clammy? Why do I feel like I'm going to throw up and run away at the same time? I'm like, oh, that's right, college. <laughs> I'm the same way with Josie and the Pussycats because the worst years of my life were in a boy band. <laughs> that's it. Anyway, congratulations, Bill. That's now how I'm talking about Prometheus makes me feel, too. So. <laughs> Yay! Tom Hardy has been signed on to play Sam Fisher in a Splinter Cell movie that will never get made, says Bill. That would be the only way I will watch the Splinter Cell movie is if Tom Hardy is in it. It's weird that Tom Hardy is going to be in the hypothetical Splinter Cell movie and Michael Fassbender is going to be in the hypothetical Assassin's Creed movie. Should they switch places? Not necessarily. I really just want Tom Hardy to be in a Teddy Roosevelt biopic. That's all I want. 
No, when he gets older, when he grows in now, middle, he can be a young Tom. When he fans up, he's only got a couple years before he starts it, it, getting chubby. Before he gets tired dude, of working Teddy out. Dude, Teddy Roosevelt was not fat. He was like a barrel-chested motherfucker. He Robin Williams almost played really? uh, Teddy Roosevelt in a. No, he did, didn't he? In Night in the Museum. No, but supposedly there was a real like Teddy Roosevelt biopic that uh-huh. somebody was working on, and he almost got cast in that, which supposedly gave Hollywood the idea of like when they were looking for someone to play Teddy Roosevelt in the Night in the Museum movies, which I've never seen, but I've heard about. Mm-hmm. So really like, oh, we should get... I'm just saying. What a, in a perfect That one. is a role they're waiting for him when he plumps up. When uh, uh, There's a great comic called Tales from the Bully Pulpit, which is about time-traveling um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a movie version, a comedy... Where he plays Teddy Roosevelt. Like, oh, ridiculous action hero Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I would totally watch that movie. He should play... Man, t- he should play the cat in hat. Tom Hardy? Yeah. Complete this joke, Bill. Go for it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying! You put him in a cat in the hat suit? With, like, the makeup and everything? But he's like, and really... And then just have him play Bay, like, blowing up a city. <laughs> it's exactly the same. But for the kids! The kids have so much fun with... Or it's just Bronson. <laughs> He's just naked in a prison cell with a mustache and a hat. Tell me kids would not laugh their asses off at you that. Because so many young nine cops at once. That's so sad. A field day and the fish would still be horrified. <laughs> that's, what, that's my point. <laughs> Could you imagine just brought, brought to take it out half a city and the fish is like, oh shit, he's bringing out rocket launcher now. Nine oh. minutes of the next Star Trek flick will be shown before IMAX screenings of The Hobbit next month. I didn't know that. Yeah, you. but, but then you went ahead and bought three tickets to go see it because you love both The Hobbit and Star Trek so they much. They are my two favorite things. So yeah, no, no one... I, I don't feel... I feel kind of... I'm like, the Star Trek movie was fun. The yeah, the and no one knows fun. anything about the new Star Trek movie except for like the literally the three frames that... J.J. Abrams oh, showed yeah. on, like, The Tonight Show or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, no one knows anything about it, like, other than Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this was, and this is, like, the first ten minutes in the movie, too. That's wow. not nothing, yeah. Because I don't think it's even going to be a trailer, but I think it is just, here's the opening prologue, probably going right up to the... And it'll be, like, it'll be just, like, watching the uh, the spaceship get blown up with Kirk's dad on it. Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of huh. cool, yeah. Only showing an IMAX, though. You have to see an IMAX screening. Which I wonder if any theaters in town are going to be showing... The forty-eight frames per second version of the Hobbit. I think it's gonna be a super limited release. I thought it will be out. Be New York and San Francisco. I'm hoping it because I'm dying to see what that looks like in real life. Go watch a BBC drama from 1988. I know that's what it's gonna look like. But there's no BBC dramas with like a three million dollar budget. True. With sexy dwarves. (laughs) Dwarves that I just want to fuck or have. I just want to see. No, I'm confused. I can't jerk off to Thorin Oakenshield unless he's moving super smoothly. (laughs) Like he's in a Call of Duty game. Uh, yeah, 60 frames per second, throw an oaken shield. The, uh, uh, I got blops for my wife. Blops too. <laughs> you got, did she give you blops or did you give her blops? <laughs> we gave each other blops, really, Bill. Um, but no, it, we got it for my wife. And I forgot how they really hammer on the frame rate in those sorts of games. It's weird to me, actually. That it's always that smooth? Yeah. Yeah. And it, because the game itself, like, in at least on the PS3, granted this is in single player and we're not very far into it, some of the set pieces are really, like, the literally just the environments are really terrible. Like, yeah. the, the textures aren't that great, but the frame rate is really good, so it's alarming. It's just visually Well, supposedly alarming. the PlayStation 3 version isn't quite as... Because I think they dis- they program it for... It's designed around the 360, well, which yeah. that's the version that sells the most. Yeah. So I, I keep on hearing the 360 version looks the best. So maybe it doesn't look quite as ass on the 360 as what you're seeing on the PlayStation yeah. 3. And that's not the game putting its best foot forward, I would no, assume. No, it is not. 
But yeah, that's... Well, Infinity Ward, they were really, really clever with having, like, really p low polygon count, like, characters and environments. Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, kind of, like, spiffing them up with, spiffing them up with, with uh, pretty kind of cool, like, texture design yeah, and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe Treyarch just isn't that good at that. And, it, like, it, it was, like, the, the multiplayer maps are beautiful. Yeah. Like, they're really great. But, yeah, it was just funny. I was, like, watching, like, why is this weird me out? I'm, like, oh, frame rate. Really high frame rate. It's really strange. Also, right on the heels of, like... Assassin's Creed and, like, Dishonored, which don't give a shit about that sort of thing, you yeah. say? Bizarre. Assassin's Creed sometimes go up to 60 frames per second if you're, like, if you look at the uh, something on the ground exactly. and there's you nothing in the frame, down. it's like, oh, it's so smooth, and suddenly you look up at <laughs> the sky and it goes down to, like, ten, like 15 frames a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, video games. Video games. Aaron Sorkin's Steve Job movie will only consist of three scenes, making it sound almost like a little avant-garde play. Jobs getting ready to unveil Mac. Jobs getting ready to unveil next. And Jobs getting ready to unveil unveil. Did I keep saying unveil? Wow, I'm Her? getting dumber by the minute. Purred happily. And Jobs getting ready <laughs> to this, unveil this the, the word iPod. Purr. <laughs> See, you robbed me of my Arrested Development joke. Veal. Sorry. Uh, you should have said anvil, not unveil. <laughs> Job's getting ready to unveil the iPod. That's, so that's interesting. Kind of, that's, that's kind of cool. Because those are three such different moments in his life. Well, especially, I guess, you already did kind of like the Life and Times thing with, what's his name? Robert Forbisher, mm -hmm. who made uh, Facebook. Well, that was really about a moment in time. That's true, yeah. It's not you like know. you show him getting born or anything like that. And, well, this is interesting uh, to see, like, yeah, this is, this is. Uh, I don't know if this is just going to be him behind, behind stage or if this is going to be a couple days leading up. To yeah. either uh, the reveal of each of these products. I imagine products. it's going to be like a, yeah, like a, maybe like a week of or something like that. Yeah, but that's kind of an interesting, oh, let me see. I, the only thing that still kind of freaks me out about this is who, what's his name is playing? It's uh, Die Hard's wife's boyfriend is is playing uh, Steve Jobs. Cannot remember. Who's the guy from 70s show who's stupid? Ashton Kutcher. Wait, I thought he was in the not, um, Steve, uh, not, dueling um, Steve Jobs there are two movies? Steven Jobs oh, movies. Oh, no. One is filmed in, like, the actual garage that you developed. Oh, that's that right. one has Ashton Kutcher. A Felicia, a Felicity Huffman's play. <laughs> She's very tart. William taut. H. Macy. She's very uh... tart and soft. Well, he's playing, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> unveiling the Wii across the street. <laughs> from when they're under- In a garage. <laughs> <laughs> the day on the day- What was it that, like- Oh, it was the last, uh, no, I, I think that Nintendo unveiled the 3DS for the first time. It was like GDC, I think? Mm -hmm. It happened to be the same day that, uh, uh, Steve Jobs was unveiling the first iPad. Yes! On the same day, on the I same time, that. and I think that was Steve Jobs' last public I think it was. thing, and he died later on that year. Yeah, because Shane Miyamoto killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, we're gonna steal this pad of concept, we're gonna make a console about it ourselves. <laughs> came up with the idea for the Wii U. It's a pad thing you touch and hmm, $300. <laughs> Buy it, fat bitches. All right, friends, it's that time of year. <laughs> the Spike that? Video Game Awards approach. This is the year where we briefly pretend like we watch Spike TV. I can never watch it because like people have live streams on yeah. online and that yeah. never seems that always cuts out and gets the, fucked the up. The live stream I watched for the unveiling of Uncharted, the guy was like, because he was just pointing the camera at his TV <laughs> and he was like yelling at the TV the whole time. That's bullshit. Wow, she's kind of hot. It was amazing. Um, yeah, the the nominations shit. came out. 
so let's Which is why do you about... think it's that time of year to start thinking about game of the year? Because yeah. really everything's come out now. Aside from the Wii U coming out next yeah. week, that's it. That's it for There might be one year. or two games that come out like the first week of December. The There's always titles. that couple stragglers that come in after Thanksgiving. Yeah. But yeah, everyone wants their stuff out before Black Friday, so this is this is really the time of year we're going to start talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people care about talking about game of the year, but this is the time when the industry starts thinking about it, at Absolutely. least. Although, it is the Spike Video Game Awards, aren't they always in the early December anyway? So yeah. this, is, this is close on the horizon. Absolutely. I forgot about that, yeah. So, read them off. So we'll go through the nominations. The nominations for Game of the Year... Assassin's Creed 3, that nomination in of itself proves that this is a joke. Yeah. Um, Dishonored. Well, that's actually cool. Dishonored is a great game. Journey. Yeah. Really No, I do, like, aside from Assassin's Creed 3, what would you replace Assassin's Creed? Oh, no, go finish them off and we'll talk Uh, about it. Mass Effect 3 and The Walking Dead, the game. Yes! What would you replace Assassin's Creed 3 with? I really, I mean... Angry Birds Star Wars? You think so? (laughs) You're gonna go there? You're gonna be that person? (laughs) I really, I keep harping on it, and it's not, it's not nothing, it's nothing new, so I hate to say it's Game of the Year material, but Sleeping Dogs is a really good game. Okay. Well, that's a, that's nominated for something else, so at least if you don't want to make that, like, Game of the Year, at least they gave that, but I'm trying to think, what would you, because I'm trying to think, what are the best games you've played, what, what even came out this year? Uh, there's, uh, XCOM, everyone loves that, we don't play that, uh, I'm trying to think, either, like, Mass Effect 3 was the big game earlier this year, yeah. there was the one-two punch of Journey, kind of the little quirky indie hit, yeah. and Mass Effect 3, those were the two big games of last, yeah. like, late, uh, late winter, early spring, I don't know, I played Kick it, Kid Icarus, that I was good, I genuinely can't remember what I played we'll this year, we'll have a whole podcast about this, yeah. I'm sure, but I, yeah, I, like, of these five, Bill, what's your choice? Uh, I'd either have to go with either Journey or The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, which is terrible, because Mass Effect 3 was a good game. Yeah. 90% of that game is fucking fantastic. Yeah. It just, uh, it falls down with the ending. It falls down with, I still don't like the last act where it turns into Halo, mm-hmm. which is funny because I'm playing Halo now, and there's Mass Effect shit showing up. Where it's like, <laughs> well, there's an interesting thing in, in the new Halo game where they, you were, were you talking about this with what game about the ancient cultures trying to digitize itself? Oh, it was in Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3. That, that's a big thing, and that seems to be what they're going for in uh, Story Point they're starting to bring up in Halo 4 is about this alien uh, race called the Forerunners, which mm-hmm. I don't think they invented humanity, but they kind of guided us when we were like a little baby race. Almost yeah. kind of like the aliens in goddamn Assassin's Creed, about how they knew they were dying out. Assassin's Creed, out. they enslaved us. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, fuck those ass. Oh, that's they why they have us. the Escape from the Eden Garden yeah, video. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but like in Halo, it's uh, this culture was dying out, and so they were trying to digitize themselves so they mm-hmm. could live forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that would have actually been... They kind of touched upon that a little bit in, in Mass Effect with mm-hmm. like... The Protheans and Virgil downloads himself. A little bit a little like that. Bit. And well, that would have been fun. But that was really more to propagate data on how Yeah, to... that would have been interesting if they kind of played around with that more with, like, especially with the the, 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 the first trilogy ending with, with so much stuff about uh, organics versus synthetics. Yeah. It would have been interesting if they would have, would have talked a little bit more about the... Kind of like Edie. Edie's a great, like, halfway point between... She's mm-hmm. not organic, but she kind of thinks like an organic a little bit. Yeah. More than more than than Legion and the Geth do, yeah, and like artificial intelligence, yeah. Aside from just synthetic life, although like the Geth are also they're they're they exist more as artificial intelligence. Yeah. It's not that they're just robots. Well, the game is that's more the about... whole point of that stage where you go into Legion's brain, where right. they talk about how different consciousness great, being loaded into great... yeah. But ultimately, the whole that game is about the conflict between synthetics and organics, rather yeah. than about any union between them. Like exactly, really, yeah. they dedicate a. Little you can explore bit to that it. another. Did we talk about that last week about the announcement of the new Mass Effect game? Yeah. 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 
That's that's it sounds like they're just staffing up, which means they probably won't even go into actual pre-production on that until next year. So who knows what that's going to happen. Man. Next generation Mass Effect could be cool though. Yeah. Be pretty looking. I just want to chat with my space kitty friends. That's all oh, I want. Back. I didn't realize supposedly they said that whatever happens is going to be a prequel no matter what, which kind of bums me oh, out. Oh, it is going to be a prequel? They that, confirmed that? I I have heard on multiple It has to be. I've heard on multiple podcasts that that's they have come out and said whatever they do will be prequel, which they kind of cuz they have to. The end of the game is totally different depending on what choice you make. Yeah, that's what the like the way is. the world is left. Yeah. It has what I which I like cuz I'm like, well that is firmly putting a pin in the Mass Effect world. Yeah. I kind of dug that. I don't know that. I kind of want to see what the universe is like. Although I do like the idea of going back. I'm assuming it ha- it's it's a very narrow window. Assuming you want to have human beings involved in the galactic universe, in the, in the galactic uh, yeah. theater, because humanity's only been out in space for what, like less than fifty years. You could, or the next game could be Mass Effect First Contact. Well, that's like, what with the first contact the Varkarian fighting the, the Turians and the. Um, that's what everyone uh, seems to be assuming. Yeah. I don't want to be sure. No garrisons. I know. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. And well, the, 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 I mean, I, really, if well, it's not to, it's not gonna have my character. They can come up with new characters. I don't want to be that person's like it didn't have Tally in it, because yeah. that's incentive for them to come up with new characters you enjoy. Yeah. You don't want to be just like it doesn't have these well, characters. Well, it's like Mass Effect so or uh, Dragon Age but, Two didn't have um my my boy Alistair, but it had characters I loved more than Alistair. But I love the characters in the first game in the first trilogy so much that yeah. seeing that this is a new kind of a new creative team. Well, it's a whole new studio. Well, I'm curious. Well, I'll be really that, curious, be, paying close attention to Omega. The DLC that's coming out because yeah. apparently it's being that's done not... primarily by this team that's working on the next Mass Effect yeah. game. Like it sounds like they even cut though their a lot team... of this content was cut out from the original game, it sounds like this was finished by the new team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it sounds like Omega Omega was kind of the, maybe their like their which at least this gets some hands on development time with what's content from the original series. So give mm-hmm. them a, a good idea just even from the inside out to see what they would want to do. Yeah. Uh, with uh, you know a whole future game, it has to be a prequel. It ha- they break everything mm. that makes Mass Effect. Mass Effect? Yeah. They break it. I mean, I do like the idea that it's taking place at a time where humanity... That's the only thing... that The only thing that would suck about a game that would take place after Mass Effect would be now humanity would be the savior race of yeah uh, of the galaxy. And that's kind of boring because that's been done in sci-fi a bunch. Yeah. One of the nice things about the first Mass Effect game was the fact that human beings were just kind of like intergalactic vermin. No one yeah. cared about them. Well, you could... I mean, this is after like 30 years of diplomacy and politics. Yeah. Like, it'd be interesting to be like... No, explore that? Yeah. fresh. Like, those wounds are still fresh because those wounds are still there with characters in, in this world, but they're largely healed. Like, you can meet Turians who will actually talk to you. Yeah. We're talking about oh, old you can be buds. Yeah, racist yeah. Turians who are like, no, you killed my wife. You killed killed my you know yeah it's a little different which it's oh it's interesting to explore world immediately after a conflict with forced integration or even to be like the first humans it sounds like almost like galaxy. reconstruction era mass effect yeah yeah it, at least really the, cool. at least between the humans and, and the who are, who are the cat people turians turians yeah it'd be like uh interesting to play as a minority in a game i love our spike tv game of the world turned into mass effect mass effect mass effect we're, we're yeah. us we're us, at but least. yeah, I, I can't think of anything else I'd replace Assassin's Creed Three on three, there. Or excuse me, of those nominations, Journey ultimately was the game that had the most, the most oomph with me. Yeah, like like just pound for pound, the most impact. Because I mean, I love Mass Effect, and Dishonored was a hell of a game, but the ending was so not. I don't know. I don't want to say bad, but the ending was so uh, so much of letdown with everything that had ramped up before. Yeah, it kind of did not leave me in the best note. Yeah, 
Um, I still haven't got around to playing Walking I'm still, Dead. I'm, su- terrible. I'm surprised that I still think it's Dishonored's a perfect fit on there. For someone who I didn't even know what Dishonored was like a month and a half yeah. ago. Now I'm Dishonored like, Dishonored's great. Woo! It's an empirically great game. The gameplay's you fantastic. We say what you still about the game. story and stuff, but the design is and nice too. And I do too. like the story. All ladies just... wear pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, I would either, yeah, Journey. Oh, that's another game where, where just because you're an actor doesn't mean you're necessarily a good voice or actor. Which character? And I don't necessarily blame him All on the writing. All of them? Brad Dourif is wasted. Susan I kind of like him. Is, is wasted. What's your butt? Game of Thrones is wasted. Uh, yeah. She's not a very... I mean, she's a great actress. She's not a very good voice or actress. Yeah. I'm just saying. But yeah, Walking Dead, uh, is that's an interesting pick because that game's not done yet. The yeah. La- the last uh, episode will probably come out right around the time actually all this everyone's Game of the Year talk really starts to fire up. Probably won't be out until right around the uh, Spike TV the video game awards you actually get announced yeah and so the game could still end on a really shitty note yeah like who knows how it's gonna wrap up but yeah. like the 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 three and a half episodes i've played up until now have all been fantastic yeah. just from a sheer just like i said just from a, like the gameplay is a little bit funky like there's some action scenes which yeah. are terrible but like just like the characters they've written and it's it's a, just an interactive tv show essentially. i actually did try to go and play it this week my computer's so broken I, I can't oh is that it. what you're talking about yeah. Well, I hate. I told you I hate. I wish there was the way on the Xbox, and that's the place to play it. Yeah, yeah but because you get those mm, chivos. You mm. get a, like the achievements in the game aren't even optional. You just get like you just get eight achievements per chapter, no matter what. Yeah, it's just marking off your time until yeah. So it's not like you have to worry about like you'll get a hundred percent on if you beat uh, each chapter of The Walking Dead. You get a hundred percent of the achievements. I for bought that. it on Mac, but maybe I should go back and give it another try on the Xbox. I hated the game. I would suggest so much with because, like I said, there's not that much with like the shooting and the action stuff. It was the nice thing about this game, the uh, it being episodic, and uh, later episodes being developed as they were getting feedback in earlier episodes. They realized mm-hmm. that people were having a hell of a hard time with like the combat stuff, yeah. and so a lot of that stuff. There's still they little bits back. and pieces of it there, but yeah, there's less well, of it I'm sure as the series goes on. They couldn't remove it because it's like it's in the game. Yeah, so but at just... least like last, like I played up, I played the, at least the third episode. There's not mm-hmm. many, it's the third episode is almost all just everyone just talking and character dialogue. It's essentially Mass Effect without any shooting. Just my perfect game in theory, and it's not too bloody. Even though it's a zombie game, it's not like lots of gratuitous like. Yeah, it's gory, but it's not like. Uh, yeah, I mean it's zombies. Yeah, but it's good. But yeah, the but non- those two games. Yeah. Uh, but what would be your your? Do you think Walking Dead? It really depends on how Walking Dead uh, uh, shapes up at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because, like I said, Dishonored is fantastic. Mass Effect Three is probably the bigger, better, better produced game, more polished than. Mm-hmm. Than, than The Walking Dead and has more, you know, it's it's like a 30-hour game compared to, like, two-hour game, like Journey. Yeah. But I think uh, when I whenever I think about Game of the Year stuff, I always think about if if someone were to hand me a list of all the games that came out that year, a, sp- a specific year, I think of which games were the most unique that year. Yeah. And Journey and The Walking Dead were if the two most unique, unique games then, that I've yeah. played this year. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Who keeps on telling us to play uh, Dust and Legion Tale? Is that Grumpy Turtle? I can't remember. One of our dear listeners keeps telling us to play it. I played it last too. night. Did you play it too? I downloaded the demo. I downloaded the demo too. It is not going to be on our game of the year. <laughs> no, this is, no, not even from the gameplay perspective. It is amazing that it's all one person who did that. Like everything. The not animation, the voice acting though. No. But the animation, the programming. Did you just laugh? You cackling person. I laughed at you. Oh, you laughed at me because... <laughs> I left at your face that you made. I showed it to Dylan last night, and Dylan was horrified. I feel bad because I huge amount. I feel bad because I played it once before and I misremembered the the the, the sexy squirrel girl character. <laughs> 
I, I thought she had tits, but it's just it's just a fur titty ruff. Mm-hmm. And then I was describing it to Dylan as you got to see this deviant art character <laughs> who's like she's got a squeaky voice and she got tits, and she was like, like oh, it doesn't have game. tits. It is deviant art the game. But no, the yeah. gameplay is fine. It's it's side scrolling hack and slash yeah. stuff. It's just if it I goes don't like, on, I don't necessarily if dig. it goes on sale, I will play it. It's just because I think it's Grumpy Turtle who's been t- telling us about this so much because I, I I I have value in his opinion, mm-hmm. and so there's obviously something there. Yeah. It's just I don't I like. It's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it's one of the. I mean, it seems at least to be as good as like Mark and the Ninja, which people are it's flipping out about. Super well polished, everything. I mean, but yeah. it's a huge, but it's not my kind of game. But it's like maybe in February when it goes on sale and I have some free time. To- to do stuff that's not playing Halo and all these other games all, all, all fired up. But. So the nominees for best action adventure game are Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Darksiders 2, Dishonored, and Sleeping Dogs. Okay, I'm glad Sleeping Dogs got nominated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you would say Sleeping Dogs. I really... Sleeping Dogs, like I said, they did not reinvent the wheel, but they made a damn good wheel. I've only played Dishonored, so that's that's my only dog in that race. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Annie was going to bring over Sleeping Dogs for me to borrow today, but she forgot. But uh, this is Black Friday week. I love the fact that you can say that. Yeah. But like this week on Amazon will be all the video game Black Friday deals. So I'll probably, uh, God knows, I'm sure that'll be one of the games that comes up as a sale. Sleeping Dogs is a I'll grab it if it shows up on sale because I just don't. It's I, not perfect, but it's I just great. don't feel like spend sixty dollars on it. Right Dude, now it's all. it was stopped being sixty dollars the week it came. Oh, out. what is it, it dropped now? To forty dollars, like oh, a month dogs? later. Oh, okay. It keeps coming up on sales. Like, it's been... You can get it cheap. I've retweeted a couple of times. I was really cheap. surprised. I've been, like... Did you hear about the Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm game that came out yeah. for the 3DS earlier this fall? It sounds like a cool little rhythm game, but yeah, it's definitely not worth 40 fucking dollars. Yeah. And so Amazon just had it on sale for... Was it $30 for last night? And it's... A, it's been out of uh, print for a long time. I was gonna say. And uh, B, it, it's, it's Nintendo games... 3DS games never go down in price, but yeah. for some reason it went down to 30 last night, and then as a result of that, that pushed down the the, the price of the used copies, and I found one mm-hmm. for less than 20 bucks last night, so I pulled the trigger on that, so that should be arriving somewhere. But then again, that's that that's already biting into my. I shouldn't be spending. I, like I said, I've got a week coming in the next week. I shouldn't be spending any more money. But it's one of those things where I, I've had an eye on that game for a while, mm-hmm. and so that, the only other games that might be coming out this Black Friday that might be interesting. Yeah, pretty much Sleeping Dogs, and I can't think Sleeping of anything Dogs else. Is great time. Maybe XCOM. Yeah. Oh, Everybody Ashley Birch was flipping out about XCOM, Everybody's and she's not the kind of. XCOM. There have been lots of people who I know who don't like those kinds of games. Where like yeah. XCOM is the shit, and I'm like, I played some of the demo; it seemed fine. Yeah. But I'm like, oh man, if it's as good as people say it is, I just What's your, well, don't you, have time to you play. You haven't it. played any of these games except for Dishonored. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you best shooter: Borderlands Two, Call of Duty, Black Ops Two, Halo Four, and Max. Payne I like between the two of us, we've all we've each played two of these games. I no, I played all of them. Oh, you played Halo Four? Yes, I played it at your house, Bill. I thought you for two seconds. You played yeah. a, you played long enough That's to change I... my controller settings <laughs> and then saved. Not that you didn't just quit, but you saved and quit. I can't remember <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, so um, I actually could have an opinion on this. Oh, did you talk to JoJo? He was thinking about selling you his copy of Borderlands Two. Oh no, I didn't talk to him about that. Yeah. I don't know if I care enough to buy it. That's what. Uh, that's why yeah. I wanted you to talk to him. About um. It. Yeah, I played all of these. Max Payne three. The thing you about you were going off about that I, game. I liked Max Payne three a lot. Yeah. It, it is. You know, if, if you're gonna be a shooter, you need to be a fun shooter. Like you just need to have fun. Yeah. It has to be just brainless fun. And Max Payne was one of the most fun I've ever had playing a shooter. Okay. No, really you you really it. liked it. That was the so, game. Max Payne. You should show up down. on that game if it hadn't been for Sleeping Dogs. 
Sleeping Dogs is your new Max Payne, is all I'm saying. I would as not much call as you it, love I would Sleeping never Dogs. have said it was Game of the Year. No, but I'm just saying, that's Max the... Payne, I felt about Max Payne the way you felt about Wreck-It Ralph. But that was the game that you were talking about at the beginning of the year that was kind of like the the action game that you were like, no, Billy, you should check it out sometime. Yeah. You should check it out. If you like shooters, will someday. it's, it's yeah. a fun shooter. People keep asking me, it's like, would you recommend it? And like, well, if you like shooters, I don't. <laughs> I don't like shooters. It's I do a Rockstar not, game, though, And right? I enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. It's So it's beautiful. The score is great. Uh, the story is goofy, but it's, you know, fun. And, yeah, it's just, Max is ridiculous. Do you character. like that better than Borderlands or Call of Duty? Oh, hands down. Halo 4? Yeah. Halo 4. Hands down. Did you get the part where Because I Cortana... literally, you pick up the controller in Max Payne and you feel like a badass from the start. Mm. You never feel like a badass in any of those games. You have to get to badass status. So sad. Cortana go crazy in my game. Cortana's so sad. She made a spaceship crash into my spaceship in Halo 4. Spoilers for Halo 4. She's having a rough day. <laughs> Um, she's losing her mind. She's going rampant. Still, of the year. Borderlands Two was good. Oh, well, I just shoot her stuff. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Well, which would be your nomination of this? Uh, like I've only played Borderlands Two and Halo Four. Black Ops Two doesn't seem like Black the kind Ops, of game. Guess what? It's another Modern Warfare campaign. Game. Yeah. Um, it's like it's exactly the same. So imagine that Modern Warfare is on this list. Yeah. I had to pick. Yeah. Borderlands Two was at least fun. The writing yeah. was fantastic. The shooting wasn't like that amazing or anything like that. Halo Four again is kind of like me, just because it's like it's Halo again. It's really mm-hmm. pretty, but like in terms of like the the gameplay, it's not like it's it's well designed, but it's not like you had anything you haven't done before in a Halo game. Right. So they're all good games, I guess, is what we're saying. It's hard to choose just one. Max Payne. Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> I have no trouble. I kind you of can enjoy shoot Borderlands. And it's first person. <laughs> it is not a shooter. Dishonored friend. is my first you person shooter of the year. You can play it by a sh- as a shooter, actually, technically. Um, Minecraft that's... is my shooter of the year. Because you can shoot bows and arrows. You... Studio... Minecraft Xbox Live. That's that's my shooter of the year. Just to piss you off. Studio of the year. Uh, 343 Industries. Oh, man. Arcane Studios, Gearbox Software, and Telltale oh, Games. That's a rough titty on my, on, my, on my nippy. Arcane, of course, making Dishonored. 343, the studio that made Halo 4. Um, Gearbox, they made Borderlands, and didn't didn't technically Duke Nukem come out this year? Not Should that year. knock them off that, this that, list? That, that, I think that automatically, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Telltale does The Walking Dead. Uh, they all deserve a spot on this list just because Gearbox... Well, the Gearbox... I, I give credit to Gearbox for making Ashley Birch... Or not Ashley, Anthony, Anthony Birch, Birch, the head writer of mm-hmm. their their top-tier game series mm-hmm. franchise. Borderlands 2 that played off Divins. That was a well-written game. That was a funny game. Yeah, in terms of game, actual gameplay, not maybe not the most amazing. Three four three is is that they they probably belong uh, have a d- deserve a spot on this yeah. list just for being essentially making a uh, Halo game that was as good as the studio that created the that's, original. That's an impressive. That's impressive. It doesn't sound like much. It sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment, but but that's a huge. But then again, they also thing. had a shitload of money funded into them by that Microsoft. That doesn't mean anything. I know, but they uh, yeah. So it's Assassin's it's, Creed three had a shitload of money into it. No, that's true. That's a good point. I'm just that saying. turned out good. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I, I have to say, Telltale. I've mentioned in the past my issues with Telltale, but it is huge that Telltale can be on this list. Good job, guys. Especially, wasn't just a year ago they came out with a Jurassic Park game that oh, everyone so bad. That was a couple years ago, but yeah. No, well, yeah, within, within the last two, because Jurassic was, Park was yeah. their big display for the last uh, PAX I was yeah. at, like like in 2000. It's really bad. And I mean, and uh, the Telltale, or excuse me, the um, Back to the Future game was... That's the thing, the thing, I love Telltale and I love Walking Dead, but I don't want to oversell... The Walking Dead is being like it's not like like it's not like it's just solid. It's, it's solid. Like sleeping dogs. I don't want it like it's I don't. Just a really solid I don't want to overtalk it because like you're gonna play it. It's gonna be Mass Effect with crummy a couple crummy shooting sections and as opposed to really good. You mean like sections. real Mass Effect? Yeah, shmer, shmer. So I don't want to sell it too much, but yeah, they did a good job with it. And I don't know. And now the most. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Arcane Studios. I would probably oh, yeah. give it to Arcane Studios just because. Dishonored is a hell of a they game. They made a game that was really good. One of my favorite games years. It was completely off my radar. They had the balls to make a kind of stealth game that doesn't get made anymore. It's yeah. the antithesis to Assassin's Creed 3, where Assassin's Creed 3 was this huge, big budget, hugely marketed mm-hmm. piece of shit. Yeah. Whereas Dishonored was a much more streamlined, uh, stripped down. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite as technically, well, supposedly as polished as Assassin's Creed 3. It doesn't oh, have, it doesn't have the, bo- well, Dishonored doesn't have the bugs. Game. Dishonored is a beautiful game. But I love the, it's still the character design and everything in that game. I loved it. Oh, god damn, I love that game. Dishonored is a great game. It is a hell of a game. Yeah. You, I so mean, I would give it just, just to them alone, just for, for the production design and uh, just for yeah, the sandbox uh, stealth gameplay design. Yeah. Yeah, which it's not like they invented that, but the fact that they brought that back which is kind of a gameplay design aesthetic, which has kind of kind of gone the way of the dodo, unfortunately. But the I'm, fact they embraced it, yeah, that's, that also, that takes some courage. I'm also gonna give it to Arcane Studios because Dishonored is not. If you were to pitch Dishonored to me, it would not be a game I'd be interested in. Yeah, but I played it and I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and I'm really glad I did. Yeah. So they they also took me by surprise. I got I I got to uh shoot the one of the guys from Mad Men off the top of a stormy building. <laughs> that's it goes long and move, save Chloe Moretz. What's her name? I'm Chloe Chloe Moritz? Is that her name? What the what's I her name? I genuinely don't know what you're talking My, about. My me waifu. <laughs> and the most meaningless category <laughs> of all. Most uh, anticipated game. Is this not brought to us by Mountain Dew? Is that usually one of the spike team you're like? <laughs> I think Cheetos presents the most anticipated <laughs> game. Bioshock Infinite, Grand Theft Auto Five, South Park, The Stick of Truth. What? Last of Us. And Is anyone Tomb Raider. really worried about South Park Stick of Truth? Well, you know what? Okay. Oh, well, that's the big news we didn't talk about this week. Actually, it was the whole THQ shit, shit storm. <laughs> Bill actually just did a double take. Did you not hear about the shit like storm a, with THQ? I look like a dog that just got shown a magic trick. They what? made a very smart choice that's going to cost that could cost them the company. They killed everyone. They came out and they said, we're pretty much pushing back all our games six months. They did... I heard about that. ...what no one has ever told Obsidian before. Why don't you guys take some time to polish your game? Oh, really? Obsidian has never heard that sentence before. They must have been crying. <laughs> like, They're like, really? Not can we finish this game, we can make two more games in that six <laughs> exactly months. In that same time. We can complete the South Park trilogy but in no, that the, time. The South Park Secret Truth got pushed back to be polished. Well, that's good. All their other games got pushed well, back. The Metro game got pushed did back. Did you hear the rumors that... But then they then Wells Fargo came on them and they... Because they had like... I think it was something like $50 million in loans. Yeah, they're kind of fucked. They're, and they have no way to get the well, income. Well, I know people have been talking about they're worried that, like, CHQ may not be around long enough to publish these That's games. That's my concern. It's like, the, what they did is smart. Because these are games that, if they're they're going to serve them best if they're polished. Well, but how are they going to be yeah. solvent between now and, and then? And the rumor came out this week that supposedly Ubisoft is looking to buy up all of THQ's properties. Which, like, Patrick Desilets, the guy who invented Assassin's Creed, that would bring him yeah. back underneath the umbrella of Ubisoft. Uh... Which... I, I'd love to see what his next game is, but I would so desperately love to, for them to Shanghai him back and say, fix Assassin's Creed. Make it go. People are allowed to do move it. On. I know. But it's, like, Assassin's Creed still has so much potential yeah. that it can fulfill. Yeah. That if they can. And like I said, the end of the last Assassin's Creed 3 wipes the slate. They can do a lot well, of things. Well, that's a great things. time to bring. If you're, if you're ever going to bring back the original creator of, Mass, uh, of Assassin's Creed to come back and reinvent the franchise, this is a great time to do it. Dude, in my perfect world, I want a 343 Industries sort of all, situation. Where all I'm like... saying is I want this giant company that employs thousands of people to go under. <laughs> And the creator of this franchise that I love so much to be dragged kicking and screaming back to it, <laughs> you so, I have, so I can have, so I can have one fun game. Prequel? 
Yeah, is that what you I know that's know? that's kind of what I'm saying. Unfortunately, no, but uh, I mean, it'd be nice to see. I wonder if THQ could also buy those development studios if they would just buy the names to like buy the rights to those games and have them finished up by what, other Ubisoft? people. Yeah, Ubisoft. Ubisoft I mean. The value is the property. It's not the because think of those studios. Mm, I don't know. You know, and like what have they done that that. Ubisoft necessarily wants. Hopefully, this is all moot and THQ lives long enough. I to... hope the THQ, because I mean, they, I want them. They, the guy, they've been making like Saints Row the Third is an empirically great game. I keep saying. Can we just say that's our game of the year too? This again, you this know year. What? Honestly, that was my first thought. I was like, I think my favorite game of the year is still. Because if you stuck that game in front of me and had me play it again, yeah, I would probably be like, you know what? I love Dishonored, but Saints Row Three is so awesome. It's a great game. <laughs> That fucking game. Anyway, let's. That was um, South Park: Stick of Truth. I'm really curious about it because Obsidian. You know, the Obsidian makes shitty I, I, games. I, I, South that are Park great. is fine too. I just haven't watched it in like no, yeah, five years. But um, Obsidian makes great shitty games. The games that if you could just overlook the pile of crap that is on top of the game is a good game. Uh, yeah. I'm really curious. I would love to play an Obsidian game that does not make me want to kill someone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tomb Raider. Nah, whatever. Um, Last of Us, meh, meh, right Don't over. you, ugh, Last of Us. Grand Theft Auto 4, meh, 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 wait, what? I could not care less about Grand Theft Auto 5. I it's could not. so good. They keep saying it's bigger. Like, it's I don't so care. Good. I would so vastly prefer to have another Grand Theft Auto 5 over another Sans Row, or another, um... Are you making a joke? Yes. Okay, just checking. I, 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 was, I was saying the opposite on Twitter, and people were like going, what? Because <laughs> I was saying, like, Grand Theft Auto 5, 4... Well, how many? What are we talking about? <laughs> I'm tired. Grand Theft Auto 4 was fine, but it came out after, uh, I think, at least Red Faction and Crackdown had come out. Yeah. And those two games alone kind of ruined me on Grand Theft Auto 4, where it's like, you know, Grand Theft Auto games always have all this money poured in and always have big, vast worlds. Yeah. And, but like, Crackdown lets you jump up on top of shit and throw cars. Yeah. Red Faction lets you destroy any building you want. Yeah. And then you got other even even since Grand Theft Auto Four, you know you've had Red Dead Redemption, yeah. which is what you can do with like kind of like a, like just vast open. Well, it's where the world is as much of a character, yeah, and, and exactly. Like a compelling character is supposed to commentary on this modern life. Yeah, in a know? game where it's not necessarily filled with tons and tons of little characters making go on errands, it's still I'm tired of the Rockstar layered Rockstar formula formula of like it's a grand it's a it's an open world game where you have yeah like kind of layered branching mission paths where you're supposed to be playing as a badass but you're running errands for these little doofuses who you end up eventually killing anyway. Yeah. That's one thing if Grand Theft Auto V, I'd love to see them involve just the basic gameplay. Wouldn't be, yeah, wouldn't it be great if they, well, it, or more to the point, the way the missions are structured. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. that's what it is. I, at this point, I would almost rather just get the missions from, like, a list that I, like... Seriously. Like a mission log. Almost, well, almost like, uh, almost like Borderlands or something. It sounds like they're, they may be doing that in that there are well, three, three protagonists. protagonists so. so it could be you could just have, like, these three worlds and maybe you hop between the three. Which at least will give you a little bit of variety or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And maybe then, it could be working for each other character. Like, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work be, out. I don't know. So at least they're trying to do something. It's not just yeah. Yeah, we'll I mean, at the end of the day, even as much as I am not terribly interested in a new Grand Theft Auto game, I I do trust the guys at Rockstar. It'll be interesting to play. Rockstar, whenever you play a Rockstar game, yeah. I cannot remember a Rockstar game that I have regretted playing. What is the Red, Tim, Red Dead team working on these days? Well, the Red Dead Redemption game took five years. No, We're not going to see them. Shot your four mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I want I, now. I, a new bully game is in development and has been has for the last been because I keep on hearing rumors. Well, it's because it's Rockstar. They don't really announce stuff until it's a year Could out. Could you be playing a student on the plains of the American Northwest <laughs> in 1912? See, because that's the thing. 
thing. It's like, I know Combine bully and red They hair. have to make a Grand Theft Auto game because that's how they make their nut. It is. Well, Grand Theft Auto pays for the development of exactly. Red Dead and Bully. It's because of, of, of Grand Theft Auto that we get the weirdness that was L.A. Noir. Yeah. And, like, the... Um, I still enjoy L.A. Noir, even though that game was kind of a clusterfuck. L.A. Noir is a terrible game, but it's a great game. Yeah. It I'm is, glad it exists. It is obsidian-esque in its in its <laughs> nature. But yeah, no, ever since yeah, but since Grand Theft Auto 4, you've had Red Dead, you've had Just Cause 2, you've had a little game called Saints Row 3. Just yeah. show you what you can do when you just want to have an open world game that you, where you just want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And like Red Dead isn't actually that fun, but it's beautiful and yeah. the story like some of the stuff they did with the storytelling it's more, in that it's game compelling was great. Beyond, Grand Theft Auto is by its nature a game that where the gameplay is compelling. Yeah. At the expense of a lot of other things. And the things that are clever about it, like the radio and like the ads and everything, we've seen that so often that they lack their impact that they first did. Yeah. And also the thing about Grand Theft Auto is that it got more and more what you could do in the game got more and more ridiculous where that has lost its shock value. Well yeah, even aside I mean this will be the fifth big console Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah. This will be because you yeah, had Grand Theft Auto three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, San Andreas. Grand Theft Auto 4, this will be, it, it, that's, that actually matches up now. Grand Theft Auto 5 will be the, actually the fifth big, you know, because Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 were like little PC games, yeah. like essentially top-down urban Pac-Man. But yeah, I mean, so in five years and five games in 11 years, yeah, that's, you're kind of saturated, especially when all the games tend to play exactly the same. Yeah. That, I mean, you're already like even, uh, even, even aside from all the Grand Theft Auto knockoffs that have come out over the years. Yeah. You've already kind of saturated your own little market a little bit there. So you kind of have to reinvent yourself. They're never going to stop making them as long as people buy them. Oh, no, no. People will keep on buying them. But, like, I do love the fact that you have options to play other games that are inspired by the success of Grand Theft Auto, which have kind of usurped Grand Theft Auto in terms of just sheer fun and and innovative design and stuff. I would rather play broken-ass buggy saboteur again than I would get Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Having said that, I'll buy it. Yeah. I'm going to buy it. I would... I want to I want to write the check that goes maybe towards Bully Two coming out in the next four years. I would eat the cream pie out of Saints Row Three's oh, vagina. Oh, <laughs> we were having a good go, Bill. I got my energy back after the whole Prometheus thing, and now before uh, Grand Theft Auto, you can give me a diagram break. That's all I'm saying. Bioshock Infinite, man. So uh, really, what it boils down to, it, like most anticipated game of 2013. Uh, Bioshock Infinite is never coming out because the company is going to be destroyed because they can't finish the game. It's, uh, I... I think when it comes out in February, it's going to be Ken Levine pushing a little wooden, uh, go-kart. <laughs> with Bioshock Infinite written on the side and then explodes and kills everyone. If I look at this list, and if I were to sort them by most anticipated, I'd probably put Bioshock and Last of Us at the top of that list. But if I had to sort them by games I will actually have fun playing, mm-hmm. Stick of Truth would be number one. Tomb Raider is probably going to be hilarious. number two. Yeah. Um, Grand Theft Auto is going to be number three. And then Bioshock and Last of Us are tied for dead last. Just because those are two games that I love because of the production and the world and the story, like the world building, and have no interest in the gameplay. I'm kind of curious, because I'm still kind of curious to see what the gameplay of Last of Us specifically is. It's obviously going to be based off the Uncharted engine. Yeah. You're going to be doing lots of shooting and climbing. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious to see what else is in there. And it's like, I don't I don't like playing shooters. And, yeah, Bioshock Infinite, like, even the first Bioshock game, like, the it, that the, 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 the innovation and success of that game was more from, like, the aesthetics. Yeah. 
and kind of like some of the stuff you do with some of the plasmids and things, yeah. rather than just like the awesome shooting action. The game kind of, like the shooting kind of played like Unreal Tournament or something like that, kind of like a like an older PC game. But everything they bolted on top of that was so great. Yeah. That and, and it's I don't know. solid shooting. It's just still a shooter. But I just want to see Bioshock Infinite. I would probably have to see Bioshock Infinite because I'm just curious to see what the hell they do with that whole aesthetic and that time period. And I'm curious to see if it turns out to be a train wreck or a success. Yeah, I mean that that there's also that just too. Because the whole the what drama, is this thing gonna look like when what it's is done? happening? Like with the the attrition they've been suffering. It's like... And but like the political stuff they could do with like the like yeah. it sounds like they they want to get political with that game in terms well, so of like. Well, so here's the thing: Assassin's Creed Three was interesting. One of the things that was interesting and frustrating is that it's a game about racism and um uh that conflict in america yeah and like that's obviously the heart of it you play a native american and your mentor is an african-american but they still the way they handle some of it is actually they excuse me they handle it in a pretty artful way in that they don't talk about it overtly Mm -hmm. it is all just subtext to the story like just little things like when you find out what happened to um your mentor's family when that reveal happens it's kind of satisfying and uh it's you know, it's it's very subtle, but at the same time, it's kind of a waste because that's such an inherently more interesting story than, and or even like the the nut of his Connor's conflict is he's trying to protect his people mm-hmm. and he doesn't get to, and it's like that they don't they just kind of ignore the politic the 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 politics of it, and so I'm curious to see how Bioshock Infinite handles that kind of conflict that classism and racism and they have not like all the demos and and trailers and everything have just all been about the combat yeah so we don't know what really the story is going to be about how much of it's going to be about mad scientist shit from back in the day versus actual political shit that was actually happening there's a lot of stuff they could be doing and it all depends on how how ambitious uh, Ken Levine wants to be with the story versus how much the publisher is going to let him get away with and because Ken Levine he's a smart motherfucker and he knows about politics and stuff and and I don't know. It's just. But I mean, when you think about it, Bioshock. Is I don't about... want to play a game about politics, but like a game that says something. It's going to be exactly idea. like Bioshock, where it's going to be like, is these politics are window dressing for the story? Shoot, 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 poot, poot, yeah, poot. But yeah, but shoot. It's the thing. It's like my the tweet I made about Mass Effect Three. But it's got roller coasters to you with your hands. The tweet I made about Mass Effect Three is that I love Mass Effect, and then I remember it's a shooter. Yeah. And that's kind of how it's I feel Gears about Bioshock. It's Gears of War with soap opera shit tacked on. I forget on. that Bioshock is a shooter until I actually go back and play and I'm like, shit, yeah. I have to shoot people. I get excited about Bioshock until they show gameplay. <laughs> like, I don't actually want to do any of this. I just want to watch it. <laughs> but anyway, okay, cut, uh, feedback from all you wonderful listeners. Um, Adrian J. Wallace said, I trust your next show will discuss Hostess products going away and Annie <laughs> watching the movies that Bill saw the week before. Are you, when are you gonna, Correct. When are you going to go see Skyfall? Eventually. I what? I, I, I have tickets for seven. It's o'clock Daniel Craig. You don't have like I was surprised you're not. I'll go like, see it. He's good. He's... I'll go see it. Every, it's everyone. People are already talking about it beginning a best best picture nomination for next year. Oh really? Year. Yeah. That's awesome. Granted, there's now that there's ten big uh, ten nominations every year for best picture. Yeah, that's, that's not saying not a hell of a lot. But uh, I've also seen one or two Twilight fans are trying to push for the last Twilight movie to get the Best Picture nomination. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen! Twilight is over. That's You're wonderful. lucky if you get James Bond movie getting nominated for Best Picture. But, uh, man, that's funny. You think, I think, you think Wreck-It Ralph is going to uh, get the... Best animated film? Yeah. What other animated films are there to I'm assuming if Pixar doesn't get it with that Brave. What'd you think of Paper Man? I thought Paper Man was cute. It was yeah. beautiful. Though it was one of those things where I get they were trying to push the technology, but the whole time I was watching, I was like, why can't this just be 2D? Yeah, I, I know the way see, they were moving I think the it's camera. more of a demo. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was a tech demo more than anything else. 
but I don't want. I just I, I love two D animation. I was a little surprised how how like I thought it was going to be more of a blending of the of the CGI with with the hand drawn stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas obviously what they did was it looks like what they did was almost. I don't know how fully they may have animated it by hand, but it almost seems like what they did was animate it by hand and then just kind of like try to fit the CGI to fit it. I think it was backwards. You they had so? CGI models and then they had 2D overlays. Did you not watch the tech demo for it? No, but I mean, in terms of rendering, there was uh, 2D stuff layered on top of that. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, uh, like in the design of it, like they almost kind of roughed some rough 2D animation and then mm -hmm. fitted just for the lighting sake. They kind of did CGI models to kind of yeah. fit the 2D animation, and then they kind of layered the 2D animation back on top of. It was interesting. It's kind of like, like kind of like a layer cake. Welcome to the layer cake of animation. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Going back to Daniel Craig. Thanks, Dumbledore. Um, we not. I need to watch that again. <laughs> Layer cake. Um, it's got Star Trek in it. It's too. got Star Trek in. Oh, supposedly Q show. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen the new Skyfall, so you don't know what I'm talking about. It's got Q. The new Q also shows up in yeah. Layer Cake. I forgot about that. Is it a cute girl? Who Q? Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen. Is it a cute girl? I thought you saw the trailers. Q. Why would Q be a cute girl? Why wouldn't Q be a cute girl? Oh, that's a good point. It it would be Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> Oh, God, I'll be Kirsten Shaw. <laughs> Hello, James Bond. James Bond, I've got some things for you. It's all like Sarah Silverman. <laughs> I've, I've got. I don't know if I can do a. No, I can't. I've got this voice. gun. I promise it doesn't shoot that. Like, I'm not. I was starting to sound like no, Ed Wynn. <laughs> How do you sound like Kirsten Shaw? And it's kind of brown and like kind of lispy almost. I'm not quite. We do terrible impersonations. How is this not the opening for this week's podcast instead? <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're Kirsten Shaw. <laughs> we randomly do her randomly totally the wrong. I like, hope. Wise guy. <laughs> I hope Christian Shaw never listens because we spent we spent a lot of time talking about how ugly she is, which <laughs> you, is not you do. My I friend. think she's attractive. I think she's beautiful, but then now we're making fun of how she talks, which is kind of how she makes her fucking living these days on <laughs> goddamn cartoons. I can't turn on a cartoon these days without Christian Shaw's mouth coming out of it. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> really creepy, by the way. Like her head just sticks out of your TV, but just her lips, like she's just pooching them out. <laughs> Hannah K. Groff says, I enjoyed listening to the Boy Heidi podcast with Mudrin and Spinuti. I get the happies and they talk about the games I worked on with Glee. Uh, she uh, wrote and directed uh, <laughs> Ow My Balls. Ow My Balls? That's this iOS game that came out in the wake of uh, Idiocracy. Ow My Balls. You just tap a guy in the nuts with the touch screen. <laughs> are you making a joke or are you being honest? No. Oh, you don't know, you don't know who she works for? No. Uh, she does. I, she works on Saints Row. Oh, I don't yeah? know if she's part of Volition well, or if she's a freelancer. It looks like she's a she does models and shit. Well, you did an amazing job because Saints Row is the best game in the universe. Yeah, we already just you you already made this year's best game of the year. <laughs> Hannah Hannah K. Groff. Hannah, I love you, Hannah. Hopefully, man, Hannah. We we promise if if you're weird looking or or, or, or sound kind of okay, weird, we'll still dig it. Well, Bill will still want to kiss you, and it's Annie fine. will still uh, defend you. Dude, is this? Do you think this is secretly an alt account for Christian Shaw? Because <laughs> she's following us. She's really yes, into video I think games. That she pretends her acting to be... day job isn't gonna cut it, so she does 3D modeling in <laughs> downtime. Oh my god. She and Jack McBray are trying to start their own little uh, studio because they know their time in Hollywood is, is coming to an end. Yeah. Yeah. No country for old actors. Character actors. No country for old actors. And then just Kirsten Shaw killing everybody with a, with a, what happens in No Country for Old Have you not seen that movie? No. It takes place in Texas. You should love that shit. You have said that. It's a documentary. Because really most, times. well, it, you know what? It's where
weird because in, t- in Texas, you can t- usually tell if someone's a bad person or not mm-hmm. if they have a mushroom haircut. <laughs> this is true. All right, friends, this is the Boy Heidi podcast. Wow, <laughs> we did that. You listened Burr. to it. You know what? We're coming under two and a half hours this week. This is pretty damn good for We're us. Coming in for a hot landing. <laughs> Only two and a half hours of bird to bird to bird. As always, we're at Boy Hotty Podcast on the Twitters. Howdy at boyhottypodcast.com. Send us an email if you're so inclined. Or use the contact form on our website, boyhottypodcast.com. You guys want to send us Twinkies you found in the street? <laughs> that look kind of like we questionable. You want to touch them? If you have any old Twinkies that still contain lard. <laughs> Which are probably up. still like, uh, like uh, vol- not volatile, viable. Viable. Yeah. Twinkies do have a shelf life, my friend. Yeah. They do. Twinkies are so. Lied to. Man, t- and Twinkies. Oh, were actually, no. Doesn't he say that in the movie? Yeah, and it's Twinkies like also like that, that. That like one of the characters in the original Die Hard. He's a Twinkie addict, and he talks about how Twinkies last forever. The black cop, Ooh. Reginald Bell oh, Johnson, the guy from a... Family Matters. That ain't no po po. That's what's his name. What? Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow. That ain't no po po. What the hell it's is Carl that? Winslow. Is that have a rap seen, song? Have you ever seen the Bruce Willis music video? No. Why you try and hurt me, girl? Don't you know I'm Bruce Willis? <laughs> it's amazing. I know what we're gonna do as soon as you stop recording. <laughs> also Ghostbusters. Also uh, Ghostbusters. It's true. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Everyone, enjoy. be thankful for the last Twinkie that you had. Be thankful. Yeah. No, yeah. This is going to be this gonna be the first Thanksgiving. No one can serve Twinkies as a dessert at Thanksgiving. That's right. That's right. Unless ne- you pay $80 on Next year, it's going to have to be uh, uh, fruit roll-ups. <laughs> That's it. Bill, what are you thankful for? Uh, uh, Black Friday deals. <laughs> I'm thankful for overnight shipping from Walmart.com. I am, too, because it's my wife's birthday. Ne- not this Monday, but Monday after what next. What for? And I, well, I gave her all her presents early. Because she doesn't care. You do that every and year. And I get way excited. Then, but what that means is that then I have to find her a new present on her birthday because she doesn't care, but I do. You know you can just <laughs> hold one gift and no, pretend. I, I only excited. got you six gifts, not well, seven. Well, the thing is, is that those gifts were ultimately gifts for me because I got her these awesome lumberjack boots, an awesome western shirt that fits her so nice, yeah. and this beautiful necklace. And I want to see her look beautiful. So I gave them to her in a very self-serving way because I wanted to look at her. Oh. But now I have nothing to give her. I already know what I'm getting you for your birthday. Oh, maybe Christmas. I'll give you Christmas. Foley has figured out my Christmas present, and she keeps taunting me with it. So you're thankful for the... You're already thankful for the birthday sex you're going to have with Foley. <laughs> you can't rap an orgasm. <laughs> chicka chicka wah! Oh, that's not rapping. That's beatboxing. <laughs> I am one of the fat boys now. All right, friends. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> DK. Donkey Kong is here. Stop. Do you, do you know Stop the Donkey Kong rap? Yes, I do. Stop DK of the DK clan. I can't remember that. I returned that game the day after I bought it. Donkey Kong is here.